One second, I gotta cough. <coughs> Still got a, just a little died. bit of a cold. Wow! Okay. Just, just a little bit. I didn't say completely. Well, I'm sorry. When somebody says die to you, I, you I'm just saying politely are you, are you die. To, just a little bit. <laughs> you're supposed to naturally just get, understand, like, oh, you know, they just mean a little bit. Like, it's that's not a severe die. That's just partial die. That's just... <laughs> exactly. I I don't understand how people don't get this. It's a basic language concept. Like you know, in in the Shadow the Hedgehog fan dub, he goes die. Like. You should know exactly how much percent of die he means. When you're using Shadow the Hedgehog, I don't know if you can really say that. His percentage of die changes from game to game. It's a sliding scale. Well, no, see, I'm using the fan dub, which has a more consistent character for Shadow. That's oh, his backstory now. Oh, okay, you know what? No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, all right. Welcome, everyone, to Design Dork's Guide. <laughs> You don't have to say that out loud. Anyway, welcome. Uh, we talk about video games and stuff. Um, we pretend we know more about them, but we're really just two guys on the internet. God, I saw I saw a tweet that was like, God, remember when video essays were about people with PhDs actually saying something interesting instead of one guy going, this is the hero's journey broken down, and this explains why Shadow is a contrast to Sonic. <laughs> it's like, shut up. I'm sorry the people aren't do up to your snuff on Chex Notes, the platform for everyone to share videos on. I'm sorry that the free content you're getting is not, doesn't have a college degree to it and that, oh, Lord forgive, people enjoy themselves. You okay, man? It sounds like you've been getting off your chest for a while. I'm really insecure, my guy. <laughs> So anytime someone says something even slightly off, I got a comment that's saying, Oh gosh, wow, bro really thinks he's MatPat. And I'm like, I could take MatPat. Yeah, yeah, oh, come on, come on. He makes 80% of his videos just the Wikipedia article on it, and yours are only like 65. Exactly. I make mine up with more bullshit. My name is Pierre Kakam. I'm the Duke I am the host of the channel of Design 4. That's the Duke of Dorks. He's the Duke of Dorks. I am indeed. I am slightly hungover right now, so I apologize if I am a little cranky, but it should make for better entertainment, so, you know. Dude, don't apologize. I have no excuse. I'm just firing off this because, you know, I'm a little neurosis baby. <laughs> yep, we're going to talk about the games. We're going to talk about the news. We're going to uh, forget that we have bonus stage, but try to do one anyway. And then we're going to go over some comments from all of you guys. Yep, that that's the thing. That's the format. Um, if if you don't like it, skip to the parts that you care about. Cool. Yeah. If you're on Spotify, you're extra cool because you're different than our usual target demographic, and you just somehow found us, and that's rad. Hell yeah! All all forty of you, we love you. Bro, we have forty. I think so now. Dude, I thought we were single digit. Nice. No, no, we're we're getting up there. We're getting up there. Oh, dude, we're almost a real person. We should get T-shirts. Yeah. All right, what did we name the bet segment? It was... Uh, that was, uh, that was, uh, Ding Pots and Ding Dragons. Ding Pots and Dragons! Oh, yeah, how could I forget a name like that? So, uh, congratulations. Now, now, I... Everybody... Congratulations. In the comments... Hold up, hold up, hold up. Everyone, everyone was talking about, oh, wow, Duke already won the bets. Yeah, before he even uploaded the podcast. That's awesome. Here's the thing. I'm... Not some cheapskate that'll grasp at any possible avenue to scrape by a win. No, I don't want a soft win. If I have He's to argue it, about me. it doesn't meet my standards. 
If I win, I want it to be glorious, a crescendo of hype and excitement as one of my favorite characters enters another chapter. This is a visual update. It's a cool one, but that's all it is. If they'd added, like, more scan logs detailing more about Ridley or a new face to his boss fight, I might have counted it. But this is nothing. Metroid Prime well, Remastered... no, they made the boss fight harder. Did they? It didn't feel harder. Yeah, because uh, your gun shoots different, so you accidentally shoot a lot of little pellets, so the timing windows on Ridley is harder. I, I, I didn't struggle it's with that. It's not intentional, but, like, I don't know. The game is slightly worse in moment to moment, and that makes it more difficult. Huh. In a minute way, the only people who have repeatedly played the game would notice. Yeah, you're, <laughs> this is completely tangential now, but you're kind of blowing my mind, because, like, yeah, that's totally a thing. I just never noticed <laughs> that it was different. No, it's okay. That's okay. Let me, the person who has never beaten Metroid Prime, I've, enlighten I've you. I've seven times. Oh, boy. But, like, if you want to take it as a loss, go ahead. But, like, this does not meet my standards like, to be perfectly honest with how much it's talked about, Metroid Prime Remastered was already relevant for, like, the last three years. And I was, I don't know, this doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel good. I'm not excited about it. It just kind of makes me disappointed that we're probably not going to get 2 and 3 remastered at the same quality. Well, it's okay. I mean, if, if you just want to lose, I mean, look, I'll, I'll consider it even if, like, freaking Diddy Kong Racing gets on the NSO or something, or, like, Grunty's Revenge on the GBA that thing. That would feel so bad. Yeah, you know what? You know, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We'll revisit it at the end of the month and see if, like, there was an equal thing for Banjo. If mm -hmm. that is the case, then we'll count it as a loss for both sides. If not, and if something actually does happen where Prime Ford happens or Banjo 3 or a new Banjo anything, then, then we'll go from there. But, like... Yeah, I'll, I'll consider your qualification, like, half done right now. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll Which is more than my zero. Put a pin in it. Put in a pin in it. But I will scrape for absolutely anything for Banjo to count as that 0.5. I don't care what it is. <laughs> very fair. Very fair. If if there are shoes, they're like Banjo's feet shoes, then I will count that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I don't care. I'm pretty sure I could Google that and find that right now. Well, yeah, but like on Fangamer, not like an Etsy shop selling Banjo's feet. All right. All right. All right. But like, yeah, guys. I, I, I can understand if some people are like, no, what the heck, you're moving the goalposts. No, I just have my goalposts somewhere, somewhere tangible. Exactly. And I, on the other hand, am a man of the people. You'll still get your loss if it's just this level. I just, I just want it to feel more fun, you know? I want to see Ghost yeah. Ridley or Zombie Ridley. Transformer Ridley. Speaking of losses, um, Duke has been presented with evidence that I am working on it. Yes. Oh my gosh, Yes. Oh, uh, the feedback? Uh, you know what? You're doing pretty well for, for okay, describing you. yourself as not having sung before. Like, not, not, well, not before, but, like, before, not, but not for like five years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think 2019 was the first last time I sung at any semi amateur level. <laughs> I mean, I was listening to that. I mean, like, yeah, I've, I've heard video game covers worse than this. Like, this is this is good. This is good. You all take that. Not the worst video game cover on YouTube is a huge compliment. <laughs> all right. Uh, what you been playing lately? Alrighty, so I've been playing just a bunch of smaller games. So I'm just going to run through a bunch of things that I just got for footage or sampling size real quick. Alright. Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage. Wow, that camera is not as good as I remember. However, the game is good. Ah, uh, uh, the Rayman 2 effect. I love it. 
it's so weirdly slow. Even the instant snap is like, it doesn't snap in the same way Banjo's does. It does like a very sudden jerk behind him. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel good. Like, I'm surprised by how much I prefer Remastered, just based on camera controls. It really can't make or break a game. Yeah. Kirby's Dreamland. That's a game. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. A very charming one. Yeah, it's cute. It's fun. It's quirky. I did it. Neat. Earthworm Jim 2. Wow, I don't like how this game controls at all. It is amazing how a game with only fun sprite work and really good music by an asshole is an asshole to play. Just, it has that very distinct problem where hitboxes are very, very undefined. Mm. And you just kind of walk through everything and are like, oh, wow, I just took 40% damage. Superman 64. <laughs> why, why do people say this game is so bad? It's just the regular kind of mediocre bad. Uh, something to do with brand recognition and just... There are worse licensed games of this era, like, it's not even anywhere close to, like, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker or Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Like, flying actually feels fine. Like, Superman has tank controls and accelerates like a car, but it feels not awful to fly as him. It doesn't feel good, but it doesn't feel bad. Like, the whole flying through rings thing in a time limit, like, bro, I did it on my first try. Why are you so upset? What, you, you didn't know to pick up the card? Did you not look at the controls? Can you not read? It, it's amazing to me how hyperbolized games of this era are. It's, it's very much a, uh, just like a snowball rolling down a hill gathering more and more and more. It's just, it's just momentum. People keep saying this is bad and it just gradually, as more people say it, the severity of it gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, but then games are, like, good, like Ocarina of Time, it has the same sort of effect. Final Fantasy VII, the same sort of effect. Final Fantasy VIII, that's a weird one. But yeah, um, from the ten minutes of Superman 64 I played, I was not impressed at its suckitude. Uh, Titus of the past, please try to suck harder. You actually had some ambition and had me going for a sec there. <laughs> and then I played a short hike. And... I feel like every YouTube video essayist in the past, like, three years has played this game and gone, this is a nice game that allows you to reevaluate everything and explore deeper meanings. I'm like, you know, you're right. You are absolutely right. It's just a nice, cozy little game. It's, it's fun to have a game where the message is the journey means more than the destination, and the gameplay reflects that. Mm -hmm. And it's... Very, very comfortable as you just go along looking for little challenges, and those challenges let you either mountain climb or glide for longer. And that's that's really cool. That's a really neat little thing where you just go around and go around little creatures in this little island, do little mini games and stuff, and you don't have to clear any of them. You can just go up. I think you only need a certain amount in order to get up to the top of a big mountain that you need to shortly hike up. But, like, it's cool. Nice little cozy journey vibes. And your main character is a bird, so you can glide, and you glide a lot, and it feels good. And when you get to the top of the mountain, you get an updraft, and you get to glide around the entire island as a theme plays. And it feels really nice. Like, it's that feeling of, oh, oh, I was there, and I was there, and I was there, and now I'm home. Very nice. 
Like, it's not deep. I'm not saying anything new, but like, yeah, it's fine. It didn't fundamentally change me as a person or nothing, but like, good, cute game that does what it wants to. And if that sounds appealing to you, then like, freaking go for it, my guy. Like, people who like Animal Crossing a lot more than me will love this. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just need that, that decompression. Yeah. And yeah, I made myself say that, okay, I'm only going to talk about the short games for a short amount of time. And I managed that. So Whoa! go ahead. Your turn. Pass the puck. This the, this the impossible has happened. <laughs> I did it. I learned succinctness, <laughs> as you can notice from the intro to this. All right, I... But before I start talking about the games I've played, there's a couple I skipped that I just want to mention. Um, I still okay. have not gotten around to Dead Space. I hate myself for that. I want to play it so badly, but I want to finish Signalis first, because that's just crossing streams of horror games. And I feel like if I try to play both, I'm not going to finish either. It's okay. Dead Space isn't that important. It, but it, it looks so good, though. How, De Dead Space isn't important. It's one of the best horror games ever made. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, you're right. Dead genre. I also didn't pick up Kirby because I just think without playing it with all my siblings, it just makes me kind of sad, feel sad and empty. I don't have it in me to beat Return to Dreamland for a fourth time in the past two years. I, I get that. I get that. It, it, it's it's always been more of a like a sea of thieves kind of just like oh this isn't kind of boring, but it's about the people you're with. And if you don't have yeah. those people, that's just, that's just it's. Yeah. If there was a code that let me skip the first five worlds, I would do it. Maybe a holiday get-together or something, I'll try it out so I can get to the Magalore stuff. And despite saying I was looking forward to it and having played it this month, I think I'm not gonna talk Hogwarts Legacy. I think there's a lot of valuable conversations to be had around the game, as well as things to say about the actual game, but the discourse around it has been reaching, like, Last Jedi, Pokemon Dexit levels of just... The original points of... The arguments around it have devolved into just people trying to be as mean as they can to make their opposition just go away, and I don't want to participate until things calm down. I just don't see any discord around it being very healthy or productive currently. I agree. I don't want to talk about it right now. Yeah, wait, wait until it gets warmer outside so I have some actual energy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but games I did play, uh, still playing a lot of Hi-Fi Rush. This game is incredible. This might genuinely be my game of the year. Like, I've been looking forward to Baldur's Gate that. for years. This might beat it. Just, it, it just engages you on more levels than most games do. My inability to play this game has led me to watching a Let's Play up to Zanza. You've and, seen no, Zanza, no, you're right. yes! Yes. That is, I, I don't like him <laughs> as much as Rekka, but... Oh no, the, the, all of the bosses are phenomenal. I think Mimosa's probably the, weak, the weakest, but even then, she's still... They're all is, so is that good. the one that I am sure is a Space Channel 5 reference? Yes, yes, that is absolutely a Space Channel 5 reference. Then I'm going to have a very different opinion from you than when I get there. Yeah, but just, my, my god, this game is so good. I'm in the post-game right now. There's actually a sizable chunk of post-game. Like, there, there's um various areas of levels that you can't get to without, like, party members that you don't unlock till later stages of the game. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, certain areas, certain challenges you can, like, challenge once you've gotten, like, beaten the whole game. Mm -hmm. Like, compared to things like Devil May Cry, this is this has got some meat to the bones. It's got the same, um, well, what's the thing in Devil May Cry called where you just go through various levels of fighting baddies after baddies? T Tower of Blood or something like that? God, Bloody Palace. Bloody Palace, yes, it's got that. 
And just like, God, it's so, it's, it's so fun. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a moment in the post game where um, you get to an enemy that you're not supposed to be able to beat because a story thing happens. Yes, yes, I know this one. Yeah, and then, and then you ha- if you go back to when you've already unlocked that character, the characters start complaining like, oh, wait, Chai, this is cheating. You haven't unlocked him yet. And you kill the boss. And there's just kind of just an awkward silence and just somebody says, well, this is awkward. And then your robot companion goes, don't worry, I'll trigger the cutscene anyways. Yes. It's so good. And it goes, you what? And then he gets punched in the face. It's wonderful. Uh, there, there's a super move where you hold your cat out, and it gives a feeble little paw swipe. Deals the most damage of anything in the game, but it has zero range. This is the happiest thing in the world to me. That's the fucking yes man kablam from God Hand. <laughs> exactly. It, the amount of references here. Like, the Zanzo's just a walking JoJo reference. Uh, there's a there's a wonderful Xenogears tribute. Yes. Oh my God, the Twin Peaks joke took me. Yes. Out. <laughs> uh, you didn't tell me that this game was just Futurama as an action game, which would have sold me even harder, even more instantly. I mean, yeah, we, we've talked about this. I, 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 from my perspective, a Scott Pilgrim game is just the higher compliment for me. I haven't watched some Futurama. It's been delightful. Like, get, get, please play this game, guys. I'm probably going to make a quick concept about it just because I'm having this much fun with it and I need to have an outlet. That's, honestly, that's the best kind of video making where you're just instantly inspired and just like, I want to share feeling. But yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is great. Um, uh, you were with me for this. I've also been playing more of Banjo-Kazooie. I was. It took you a month and you beat two more worlds. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. I haven't been doing much anything media this month. I get you. But yeah, I did. Um, I did Clankers, and I did the uh, what's the swamp? Bubble Gloop Swamp. Bubble Gloop Swamp. Yeah. Uh, I, I have embarrassing stories. Well, which one do you want to tell? Just from a, from a, from a perspective. Of- <laughs> oh, whichever one you want, honey. <laughs> so, um, I kind of died to the turtle choir. <laughs> Which I did not know you could do. <laughs> you didn't even know you could take damage from it. I'm sure I knew at some point, but I completely forgot. I'm usually so good at those. I don't know if it was because somebody was watching, if I was trying to have a conversation at the same time, or I was just out of it. I, or maybe I'm just bad, a lot worse at these than I thought. But You can ask him to play the song again. You did ask him to play the song I, again. Sh- you didn't have to share that part. <laughs> I'm sorry that it's hard to remember seven musical notes in a row. To be fair, I'm very bad at the Donkey Kong Country 3 one, which is basically the same thing. However, I'm much better at the banjo one. Uh, I, I think it's just because two of them are just different shades of blue. I, I, I don't know. I, one is cyan! It was so bad. Uh, clankers and just the horrors of drowning trying to go down into that little area. With that little, little fish that's giving you bubbles, but I'm so bad at the swimming controls that I, I think I drowned twice, and it was just, I spent like 10 minutes down there, desperately trying to grab the music notes, and just- No, you only drowned once, however, you almost drowned like five times, <laughs> including one time where you got stuck under Clanker's fin. Oh god, right, Clanker tried to kill me. Not purposefully, he's a good guy. Oh yeah, that, 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 that poor unfortunate soul- and then you go into why in this game 
like, I can understand it once or twice going into the belly of the beast, but there's, like, already, like, four instances of just Vor in this game. Why is that? Well, it's just the turtle. It's and just the crab. And Clanker. And the Clanker. The crab was dead. The crab was, well... A hermit crab shell is not its... That's not its body. Okay, yeah, fair, fair point, fair point, fair point. I, I, I rescind my opinion. But yeah, th- this game has just been a... A delightful time. There are some frustrations that that, that what was that crocodile's name? The, the little oh, Mr. Red Vile. One. Friggin' Mr. Vile. Never makes me smile. Greedy crocodile. Uh, it took three times. Like, you had, had to go for a phone call on this. I could just hear you yeah. s- this, just laughing in the background every time I was just screaming in frustration. It's just, <laughs> you beat me by one! It's so good. You know, they do have a power-up from a later world there. For the explicit purpose of it's very hard. Oh, no, I, I, you could have just gone back. I beat him. No, I, I would you not. You did beat him. I would not give up so easily to that. I'm saying it's not the game's fault that you have too much pride. I would have insulted you for not doing it, however. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had to avoid that, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, that one ledge at the end of Mumbo's maze. God. <laughs> oh. That was that was the hardest thing I've done in the game so far. It's just it's just a time thing. You have to run across a ledge, but I'm so bad at precision running in platformers with that camera. You can just flutter pre- jump onto it. I tried. I fell multiple times. Well, you should do it better. Ah, it's just I can beat bosses no problem, but ledge. You got killed by the crab, my guy. I got killed by the turtle choir. Like, let's not. I, I didn't even know that was the boss. <laughs> uh, but it's it, it's been a jolly old time. I can see why people love this game. Oh, just I adore this so game. many different. Just the constant dopamine rush of just picking up all of the things and watching the numbers go up. Th- that's what I feel. That just everywhere in this game is packed with something. You're always growing, you're always getting something, you're always listening to those fun sound effects that just make you feel good. And everything is just built around being able to do that constantly, and providing challenges in order to do it constantly. Yeah. It's so good! Yeah, excellent game. Only people who are bad would say otherwise. Even if you're bad, you can enjoy it. Yeah, like, I hate these swimming controls, but, like, it's still fun. Especially when somebody else is laughing at you for being so bad at them. (laughs) You should just get better. It took you, like, an embarrassing amount of time to get that empty honeycomb in Spiral Mountain that was under the water. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. And when you took that. bottles at face value, when he said, I'm going to delete your save game now. <laughs> I, I, I legitimately thought, because, like, this was old games, I'd skipped through his past dialogue, so I didn't know if, like, that was a warning beforehand. It was a warning beforehand. <laughs> uh just, no, you said, no, I don't need the tutorial, and he took it seriously. I'm sorry, Bottles, I just, I, I know how to play video games. I clearly needed the tutorial, though, because I'm not very good at this one. <laughs> <laughs> you could have learned so much! Uh, the funny thing about that is um, you can actually enter cheat codes into the game, and if you enter too many, Grunty will threaten to do the same thing, <laughs> and will actually go through with it if you enter more than three. Really? Yes. That's awesome. 
So if it's too hard, you get three. Um, I'm not cheating on this. No, absolutely not. Oh, no, 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 no. As well, you shouldn't. Like, it is not a hard enough game to need those. However, if for some reason it happened to be that, just in this situation that you will never encounter, I want to tell you it exists. Okay, okay. Good to know. Good to know. And uh, that, that's the only short stuff I have. Just I haven't played many games this month. Okay. So, uh, Nintendo Switch Online released the uh, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. So there were a bunch of games on there, a bunch that I ignored, a bunch that I didn't, but the one I settled on was Game & Watch Gallery 3. Why that one specifically? I owned it as a child. Ah, oh, okay, okay, okay. What is fascinating about Game & Watch Gallery 3 is that it is one of the most anxiety-riddled games I have ever experienced, and I kind of love it for it. Because what almost every single Game & Watch game requires you to do at all times is multitask. There are five major games included here that have both the original Game & Watch version and a remade one with GBA graphics and Mario characters. So they have Egg, Greenhouse, Turtle Bridge, Mario Bros, and Donkey Kong Jr. Now, Donkey Kong Jr. is actually fairly straightforward. It's just like a little one-screen platformer. And when you clear it, you uh, go onto another screen and it loops three screens. It's relatively faithful to Donkey Kong Jr., the arcade game, mm -hmm. except just a little more compact. So that one's fine, and you've already heard me go over, damn, this game gives me anxiety. That is the lowest amount of anxiety I have held. Because then you get to the next least anxiety-inducing one, which I would say is Egg. And what Egg does is there are four shoots, and they rain down eggs, and you're a wolf, and you're trying to catch the eggs in a little basket without letting any of them fall. The difference being when all of them are falling at different rates and you have maybe a fourth of a second to change from top right to bottom left with a D-pad and an L and R button that might switch it. And then the one in the top left is coming and then another from the top right. You are keeping track of everything going on at once. But in the modern version of it, you're playing as Yoshi and Little cookies are raining down because, hey, Yoshi's Cookie, that's a cute game, that's a cute reference, good job, guys. Mm -hmm. The difference being, the cookies get different levels of baked the more that they roll down the hill. And you want to get them right in the middle. If you do it at the end, the cookie gets burnt, and you get less points. If you do it at the start, well, you're much safer, however, the cookie doesn't give you anything special. But if you get it just right, if you get enough of those, Yoshi lays an egg, and that's how you get extra continues and big extra points, which lead to more continues. So you are constantly encouraged to have perfect timing with all of these, but sometimes it is actively impossible to do so. So you're balancing your desire to be good at the game and your need to actually survive the game. Mm-hmm. It is the constant feeling that you are not doing enough to succeed, but are still doing a ton of work anyway. It, it's like just that feeling, that anticipation of like, I'm not contributing enough to this project. However, I've already done so much. I am actively miserable and turning that feeling into a video game. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
It actually sounds really fun. That's a lot big reason why I love RTSs. Just like you can't, you're not striving for perfection because it's impossible. You're striving for optimization. Just doing yeah. as much as you can do. Turtle Bridge is similar. You're trying to get uh, things from one side to the end while jumping across. Um, in the modern version, it's Goonies and your Toad delivering gifts from Mario to Peach. But sometimes that bitch Peach isn't there. And you just have to kind of jump in between the Goonies and the safe platform, which the more you play the game, the less time you have on that safe platform before it goes away. And also you can go on the safe platform for extra time to get bonuses. But sometimes Peach isn't there and you're waving back and forth as the Goonies need to pop balloons, because who the fuck is getting all these balloons, but they're popping those balloons, and every time they pop a balloon, you fall into the abyss. <laughs> if you're standing on one or jumping to one. Mario Bros, where you're controlling Mario and Luigi on two conveyor belts, passing back and forth cakes that they are trying to give to Wario, who is driving a truck to sell. I'll know what? why. Okay. Yeah. When you see a game called Mario Brothers, did you know it was that mini game from Mario Party 2 where you make cakes together? And Wario was that. Wario's just one of the Mario Brothers all of a sudden? Like an Wario is there partner? for their capitalistic venture, and Bowser is just there with the ugliest sprite he has ever had, just standing on top, and sometimes he'll stomp his feet and reverse the belts. That's just that's just passive aggressively mean. Come on, Bowser. And then there's Greenhouse. And Greenhouse is really good. It's got a great Yoshi's Island theming where, okay, so you have to defend four plants in each of the four corners. Game & Watch games are very four corners, right? Mm -hmm. There are fly guys on the top, and fly guys you can kill at any time. But on the bottom, there are ukikis, those little monkeys, and they have a little monkey shield. And they only let the little monkey shield down when they're about to kill the flowers. So you have to go at the last minute for them while also keeping track of the fly guys, which I love. But then you go to classic greenhouse, and it's similar in concept. Top screen is flies, and the bottom screen is spiders. The interesting thing is that you can only kill the spiders when they're about to kill something, but if you go to the bottom and try to kill them at any other time, you just push them back to their starting location. So at any time, it's not a need to always have the right reflexes, is that you are controlling a stall on the bottom until you eliminate it while actively participating on top. And I think that is brilliant. That is a three-faceted division of your attention in four places. And that game, Classic Greenhouse, had me freaking hooked. Nice. Uh, the game is also really nice because... Um, it unlocks more games, like you get Flagman, you get Judge, you get Sparkplug Harry, which fucking sucks, but it's there. You get Donkey Kong 2, but you only get them as you get stars, and you only get stars for every 200 points you get. And you have to get them in, like, increments of, okay, 200, 400, 600, 800, 1,000, with the max being 1,000. Uh-huh. And that is hard. Like, it takes a solid... Three minutes to get to 200 points. Oh my. Like, you're getting these one point at a time, sometimes three or four. It's challenging to get even up to 200 at a base level when you're just learning the controls. And when you're getting there, it feels awesome. And they have three different levels of difficulty, which each have their own stars. So once you get good enough at a base level, you can upgrade to the hard level to do it again but everything is much faster and you're just instantly in the game. 
which goes faster because there's more to do and more point opportunities, but you instantly have that pressure. It's such a clever and fun way to celebrate how good Game & Watch gameplay could be. Yeah, this, this has been really eye-opening. I didn't know the Game & Watch games were that, like, demanding, that engaging. I kind of just always oh, assumed yeah. they were just baby's first video game. No, 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 no. They are not Tiger Electronic game you got from your Happy Meal toy. They are stressful as shit. Nice. Yeah, this game feels bad to play. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it controls bad. It controls great. I mean, like, oh, oh, I hate myself right now. It's great. <laughs> Guy spent way too long defending the game and watch today. <laughs> Succinctness, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you, you had it for one section. That is your allotment for the month. I got that far. Okay, I'll trade you. You Now you do one. Okay, uh, let's do... Let's do Metroid Prime Remastered. I hope this just continues to be a trend. Just games being like, hey, here's this thing. It's great. You can play it right now. Go for it right now. It does make it very annoying because I just can't balance planning games because they just come out of nowhere, which is very stressful for, like, scheduling, but... God, I'm so glad they remastered this one. It sucks that they're probably not going to get the same amount of tension towards 2 and 3, but this game might be one of the most beautiful Switch games that's on the console right now. It's everything from yeah. from the lighting to the, the special effects on the gun. I could, I could watch just Samus fire charge shots all day. It looks so, so good. Tarvel did a quick view of it, and what impressed me was when he noticed that if it's raining and you're tilting your arm cannon down, the water droplets will drip off of it. But really? if you tilt it up, they'll do it in the opposite direction. Wow. Oh, that is that is so good. Pointless attention to detail. Incredible. Absolutely. I, I, a lot of what I praise about this is just praising the original game. Absolutely god-tier music. Why does a malfunctioning flamethrower sound like the most epic battle ever? I don't understand <laughs> it. Uh, I wish they were remixes, though. I, I do, too. Well, I, it's one of those cases where I don't really think they needed remixes, but at the same time, if you're going to be remastering it anyway, you might as well try. You can remaster everything except Vendrana. That one's fine. I, I think I'd also throw the title theme onto that. I don't think you can do that better. You don't need to, but I'd love to hear them try. True, 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 true. Uh, Combat's still just as fun. Just as fun. I, it's, I'm still laughing about just not noticing the gun firing off bullets before you can charge it, because that's totally a thing, but... I, it, the combat of Metroid Prime, you're kind of just always holding a charge shot anyway, mm -hmm. so it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's not a very difficult ga game, but it's quite satisfying. Missiles and charge beams feel good, the sound design's excellent, disintegrating with flamethrowers, shattering things with ice, it's just... It's a nice power trip, exploring through, like, alien worlds and dealing with all these crazy critters. Yeah, it's a good follow-up to Banjo-Tooie, even though it doesn't quite reach the same heights. Sure, I don't know enough about Banjo-Kazooie to get quite challenge that or not. I earnestly believe that Banjo-Tooie is the first Metroid Prime game. Really? Okay. In the way that it's designed, yeah. So if you like Kazooie, I'm gonna pressure you. <laughs> Alright. Uh, but, but the best thing about this game, my favorite thing by far, is the Scan Visor. Scan Visor is probably my favorite example of video game environmental storytelling just just, just in general, being able to just absolutely just cram so much different lore about so many different things between the, the 
the journeys of the space pirates, the history of the Chozo, just various environmental stuff about how all these creatures exist in this world, but making all of it optional so that players can choose how much they want to participate in it. That's so good. It lets you choose how much you want to get immersed in this world, which, for, but I, immersing in a world is my favorite thing to do. Like, I can't stress enough how much I love it. I completely agree with you. When I, my first Metroid game was actually Prime 2, and I had the exact same feeling as that. Also, bad choice for a first Metroid game. <laughs> I mean, my first Metroid game was Banjo-Tooie, however. I, I still have Prime 2, but that's definitely a, it, it's, it's a mess. I wouldn't call it a good starting point. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Fun multiplayer, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of the best Nintendo's had. Definitely the best first-person shooter, I think. I would claim not... Well, yeah, no, I, I like it more than GoldenEye. GoldenEye's too clunky these days. Yeah, but Perfect Dark, though. Oh, shit, right. Perfect Dark exists. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've always loved Metroid games because... I, I love that feeling of just isolation and uh, just being in this hostile world. It's a very easy way to get you just completely engrossed in whatever you're doing right now. There's no, there's no story distracting your attention, like dividing your, uh, your perspective from the character you're playing as perspective. Mm -hmm. And the Metroid Prime games are really good at just making you feel like it's not Samus going through these worlds, it's you. Between like the beautiful marriage of implementing your platforming challenges into the actual world, it's not just... It's not just a floating platform, there's a rocket booster underneath, and it's like ferrying things back and forth, or like you have to make a bridge, you actually have to like collapse this pillar or something. It's, 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 it, like that, that's just kind of Retro Studios thing. They've always been great at like making believable levels between Donkey Kong Country and Metroid Prime. Yes, they're very good at destroying terrain. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Metroid Prime's always been one of my favorite Nintendo games, and I'm happy to see that they gave it justice. I just... I know they're not, but I hope that we get two and three at the same level, because I'd love to see, like, the dark world with this level of just graphical fidelity. I would love to see what polishes they do to three specifically. Yeah, like, like the Sky City. That yeah. beautiful. Yeah, like, like, two is more of this, but three is its own beast. Like, imagine and how like crazy, that. like, phase on corruption could get... I would love the magnet lasso not tethered to the fucking nunchuck. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, never minded, but I can understand. I only mind because it's the nunchuck. God, that thing's tracking is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Metroid Prime. Surprise, surprise, it's still an excellent game. Neat. Uh, what else you got? So I played this game called Chain Echoes. So I'd like you to ju just take you to the intro. Uh, okay. Your young boy named Glenn, asleep in bed. Your mother walks up with your pet cat. She goes, wake up, wake up, Glenn. It's time to wake up. She opens the window. She goes, ah, what a beautiful day. The sound of the bell is beautiful today. Go on, Glenn. You're going to miss your friends. Wake up. You walk out of bed and you go, this is just the fucking intro to Chrono Trigger, isn't it? Okay, I see where your inspirations are. Your mother walks back upstairs, and she goes, Glenn, wake the fuck up, and slaps you. <laughs> and you're in an airship. This is the kind of game that Chained Echoes is. It is an RPG that has played every other RPG 
and is making sure that you know that they've played every other RPG and are using every system they can from every other RPG. It has the turn system from Final Fantasy X. It has unique enemies from Xenoblade Chronicles. It has an overheating system where if you attack or get hit too much, your attacks overheat and your party gets tired, but you can cool down by defending or using specific skills that will cool your party down in order to stay in a green zone where your biorhythm gets to keep up, and that feels good. The style of spriting is very Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy tactics. Music composition is obvious. They do the party split up from Final Fantasy VI. It is very clear that yes, we have played Octopath and we are introducing characters like Octopath. Like, this is an RPG that just is like, do you love RPGs? Guess what? This is all of them. It's pretty good. Nice. Does it, does it tie all those things together well, or is it more references for the sake of reference? See, it's not really references so much as it is like someone built a Lego playset out of their favorite Lego playsets and sold it to you. Like, they've taken the mechanical identity of everything in a way that is honestly very interesting. And one of my favorite things that it does, Crib, is that you don't have levels. Instead, you get an item from every boss, which allows you to learn a new skill, and when you learn skills, your stats go up. So it is an RPG almost completely sans grinding. Ooh. Grinding is only for your sake, and therefore, they are allowed to make every single boss in every single area its own challenge. Like, all that shit that I was complaining about Xenoblade, me leveling up and making the unique encounters a joke? You can't do that now. You just have to beat Tack the Yak on your first go-round, or come back to him later. And Tack the Yak kicked my ass for like a solid hour, but I got there. Very nice, alright. This is catching my attention a little bit, sounds fun. It is. Story and characters are fine. It's very clear that this is someone's world campaign and like a D&D campaign, and they've made it <laughs> real. Like, it just feels like a D&D party, <laughs> where every character has much stronger individual stories than they do chemistry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and are very, very tied to world building. Oh, that, that is so, that's so D&D, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I feel, yeah, th these are Western RPG fans, huh? By which I mean they're RPG fans from the West. But yeah, I'm having fun. I fought an evil carrot, and then it had a phase two where it shish itself with a bunch of other evil vegetables and kicked my ass. And then I beat it, and I got to use the shish as a lance. <laughs> this is a JRPG that can be made difficult. And I can't say that about JRPGs that are not Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, nothing's coming to mind. Like, uh, like, uh, Persona's hard. No, it's not. No, it's not. Just, just get good at video games, my guy. Little Pokemon challenge runs. No. Final Fantasy blank or whatever. What, what, are you, are you, are you crazy? No. Like, every other RPG, you have the ability to sort of grind and learn and get stronger. And this one gives you a nice hard cap. Without being so cruel to you, as, uh, Shin Megami Tensei, where it's just like, oh, the enemy sniped your weakness. Haha, <laughs> suck it, loser. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It feels legitimately that you are just barely outclassed, but
but if you use your combinations of tools in some way, you can get there. And I enjoyed that. Yeah, that sounds great. I play about 10 hours so far, nothing doing for the story thus far, but I've dove in and I spent way too long on bonus bosses that I refuse to progress before I beat them. <laughs> so I'm Xenoblaying the hell out of this one too. Yeah, but it's designed for it, which that's, which, that's a nice palate cleanser for you. Yeah. Yeah, I am enjoying the gameplay in this RPG. That's Huzzah. a huge compliment I'll give it. I have RPGs that are some of my favorite games of all time that I won't say that about. I, I, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like It's Dragon Quest. I'm talking about Dragon Quest. Probably count it on one hand. It's the ones yeah. that I enjoy for the actual gameplay of it. It's usually story. Yeah, now take out the ones that are Pokemon. Uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even enjoy Pokemon for the gameplay that much anymore, I'll be honest. That's fair. But Emerald, though. Emerald is very nice and so cozy. Yeah. I still hit the space bar to get through battles, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I play that totally legitimately. What? Yeah. All right, your turn. All right. <laughs> I, I wrote this down as finishing Signalis because I'm sure I was going to finish it before this. I stopped to prepare for the podcast. I bet you I've got like 20 minutes left. It's so frustrating. <laughs> so maybe something crazy that happens at the end that I have to talk about next time. But for the for all intents and purposes, I have finished this game. And just what a delightful horror experience. Do you want me to break the podcast right now so you can beat the game? Nah, 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 nah. Because okay. okay, like maybe I'm wrong and there's like some sort of twist and there's like another two hours or something. I don't know. Like crazy stuff happens in the game. Like, you'll, you'll suddenly just go into a first-person mode, like, point-and-click adventure out of nowhere. If you touch the totally-not-dead-space marker marker. Uh, I, I have just a list of notes that I was just writing down as I was going through the game. Okay. Um, just in various levels of all caps. I, ha I picked up a thing in the cassette ta tape, and I have it in real life. What the fuck? I swear I didn't put that back <laughs> in my inventory. I scared myself with my own reflection. Why did the elevator eat my keycard? I don't want to be stuck. And then in massive, like, 72p font, why don't they stay dead? <laughs> this is a Resident <laughs> Evil game where the zombies don't spawn. Maybe they do in Resident Evil. I haven't played much Resident Evil. But, like, you, anytime you down a enemy in this game, unless you specifically have an item that sets them on fire and burns the corpse, like, go through that room two or three more times and they're going to get back up again. No, yeah, that's the thing. That's classic survival horror. You have to burn resources in order to make sure the mm. corpses stay down. And just, God, it's... Uh, it sounds on paper like it should be so frustrating, just being so limited, but it creates so much palpable tension. We are actively encouraged not to uh, engage in combat, because these things also have a very difficult time seeing you. So you're, the whole time you're like, okay, I'm slowly walking eight feet behind this thing. Please don't turn around. Please don't turn around. Please don't turn around. Please don't. God damn it. <laughs> and then just stuff chases after you and it's horrifying, but I love it so much. And also does the just classic horror thing where if you can stay calm, you do more damage. Holding your aim increases your damage. So it encourages you not to panic. So like, good, it, it's horror. So you're like constantly on edge, but the game mechanics force you to try and fight down that tension of fear, which creates a very, very tense adrenaline rush as your brain is like pulling you in two separate directions. I love that feeling so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, boss fits are all right. It, it, yeah, it, it, it's a survival horror boss. Those are generally just, okay, how can I kill this thing in as few resources as possible? It's either a puzzle or a sponge. Yes, yes. They're, they're, they're fine. They're good. 
Uh, I mentioned that the, all the characters have Fire Emblem Awakening feet in the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, hilariously, that actually comes into play in combat, because once an enemy is on the ground, you can stomp on them to impale them and kill them instantly. Oh, that's good. You like literally knife feet. It's great. And just... It's hard to say much more about it, honestly. It's like, it's, it's a great survival horror game. I, I do nice. hate... That some, some, there's some enemies that will just pop out of the floorboards without warning, and mm-hmm. you, you can barely tell what floorboards they can pop out of. Like the pit, they're just like a pixel off or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you don't realize that until it happens to you the, fir- the first time. And the first time, there's like three of them in one room that all pop up on ep- separate sides of the room and surround you instantly. But it's the worst. Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like fuck you, game. I love you so much. Oh. I love it when something kills you and you go, respect. That's the best thing. And I genuinely care about, like, just the characters in the world. Like, it's, it's Good. A, it's an adorable little story where you want to f- find find the people and save everybody. Well, not everybody. There's a couple of jackasses. But, like, I think it's a really... Uh, the best part about survival horror games is they can accurately write, like, just kind of how being in such a stressful situation kind of breaks people in various ways. I love seeing the human side, which is how you respond to a crisis. Mm-hmm. And this game does that excellently. Some people just cool. hide. Some people just kind of lose all emotion and take things matter- very matter-of-factly. It's good writing. Well done. Can't believe this was nice. made by only a few people. Right? That's the impressive thing. Yeah. That's all I got to say. So you got Perfect. two more games? Yep. Well, three more technically, but... Uh, so I've been playing Klonoa 1 and 2, the little uh, two-pack that they released last year. Very nice. I've never yeah. played these. What do you know about Klonoa? Uh, nothing. Absolutely cool. nothing. Cool. Uh, he says, well, hey, a lot. I did know that. I didn't know that. And he goes, dear me dear. Uh, Klonoa is a cute little 2D platformer game, but it was released on the PlayStation when they really wanted to show off 3D technology, so it's the closest analog I can give it is Mischief Makers or Kirby 64. Okay. Like, it's a 2D platformer, but the way that the camera curves and presents things is in three dimensions. You know know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like how Kirby starts in Planet Popstar and it's like a Dutch angle and then it goes to flat and then when he goes in the house, the camera's positioned behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a a 2D game, but like it messes with you a bit it exists in a 3d space yeah where like the browberts will come from the background stuff uh klonoa is very much that and it loves that the main gimmick of klonoa is he has something called a wind bullet and when he hits an enemy with it he inflates them just like a balloon and then he can pick them up and he can throw them underneath him as a second jump or toss them as a projectile or use them as a shield above his head it's a lot like when Kirby holds an enemy over his head in K64. Mm-hmm. Sort of like that sort of control. The interesting thing about it is that the wind bullet has utterly pitiful range. It is like directly in front of him and nowhere else. So you have to be very sure and very specific. Klonoa is not the smoothest controlling character. He is like the piddliest Yoshi flutter jump I have ever seen, but with like half of Yoshi's flutter momentum. Imagine Yoshi's story cut in half for horizontal momentum. Mm. And that's about Klonoa. Okay, okay. Like, it is there mostly as a stall or barely an extension, so you have to be very, very confident. 
The neat thing about Klonoa is that a lot of it is just getting like six little collectibles in every single stage. And that'll unlock little boys to play drums and add a little bit of music to it. Um, you get a victory jingle every time that you beat a stage, and every time you collect all six little guys who have been imprisoned in that, uh, it will add on to the victory jingle and make it longer. And that's really cute. It makes oh, me yeah. really happy to save the guys. Like, it is an aggressively cute game like that. I, I bring up Kirby 64 a lot because it's just that kind of vibe where it makes you feel happy to play it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, even when scary stuff happens, it makes you feel good. So I'm feeling good. Um, and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this nice quest. And then they nuke Klonoa's grandpa. What? Like, he just has a grandpa character, and he's like, oh, yes, go on the quest, Klonoa, and come back to me. And Klonoa goes back, he goes, hi, and grandpa goes, hi, and then the bad guy's ship comes, and they tactical nuke grandpa. Is he dead? Yes. He wow. has a death scene and everything where he says goodbye to Klonoa, and Klonoa cries. Okay. Like, the game is like, if people said Kirby was as dark as they think Kirby is, as opposed to as dark as it actually is. This is kind of the tone it's going for. It gets, like, weirdly real. Um, the main bad guy is, like, a Plague Doctor mask, and then the rest of his body is just a cloak rendered in 3D that is just, like, constantly distorting. It has, like, that late 90s CG quality to it where it just feels uncanny, and they use that to make you afraid of him. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. He has like a really weird presence where it's like, oh, yeah, all these goofy people and the devil. <laughs> the last world is on the moon and it has one of the most serene, otherworldly aesthetics and music tracks to it. I've experienced the levels in it are giant labyrinths where Klonoa has to use his wind bullets cleverly in order to activate switches to slowly unlock a gate so that he can progress up it, making for really interesting multifaceted level design that's really smart and really clever. Like, this is a baby game to start out, but by the end of it, it's not hard, but it's engrossing in all the right ways. Nice. And you beat it, and do you mind if I spoil the ending of Klonoa 1, the PS1 platformer? Oh, absolutely. Okay, it. cool. Everyone, spoilers for Klonoa 1, which came out, like, 25 years ago. Okay, so, you save your friend who is your ring spirit, but he's also the moon prince. It's weird, okay? Uh, okay. Anyway, you're just hanging out, and Klonoa is like, Hey, dude, we're gonna be friends. What you wanna do? And then he goes, Oh, Klonoa, I'm sorry. Uh, I've actually lied to you. You see, you're not real. I called you in here because this world needed saving from someone who is a true dream, a true dreamer, and that was you, and you did it, and I'm going to miss you horribly, but as soon as the diva you sing starts singing the song to bring this world back to life, you're going to have to go home. And Klonoa's like, no, what, are you kidding? I, but what about all the memories we had? What about, you've been my friend for years, what about my grandpa? And he goes, I made them up, they're fake. I made your memories, Klonoa. You're a fake boy. And Klonoa is screaming, no, I won't go, as the diva starts singing and bringing the world back to life, and he gets torn into a vortex in the sky, 
as he screams going back to his own world. And that's just the end of the game. What? With the implication being that you are Klonoa, and this is your beautiful reprieve from the world outside of it. This happy world that you get to both save and enjoy and cherish, but you have to go back to your world, your Phantom Isle, at the end? Oh my gosh. So, like, imagine Kirby 64, but it ends where Kirby dies. (laughs) Like, that's just the vibe of the game, and, like, DDD dies halfway through the game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Adeline just comes up to you. Sorry, Kirby, I painted you into life. You're not real. Your real name is Michael. If I could just imagine hadn't already broken me as a child, right? I would have shattered. I cannot imagine how formative this game could have been to someone who played it as a kid. Like this is, if you play it in your childhood, you'll remember it forever. Territory. No, oh, yeah, I, I've always wondered why Klonoa gets the rep that it does. Like that, that alone explains it. Yeah. And then you unlock a challenge level, and it's legitimately super hard, and you have to use all your skills. Like, you have to chain four wind bullets together to get, like, a quintuple jump in order to scale something, and then jump onto a moving platform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's that's... full Mario Maker shit. Oh, and yeah. it's fun. And that's how you unlock the sound test. Nice. Leveling games will give you a sound test that you can unlock. I wish the more did yeah. that. Yeah. Um, then I played Klonoa 2. And it's just more of that. (laughs) Like, it's just more of the game, but it plays better. And instead of the weird moon prince, you're summoned to another dream world, and you get a cute little ring girl named Lolo, and she's cute. And I'm like, oh, oh, kids who played this game, they ship these two characters really hard, huh? (laughs) Probably. I'm sure. (laughs) And they have really, really fun sliding sections where Klonoa's on a surfboard, or the snowboard. Yeah, that that's what that is. You got there, you got there. And just fun theming, like a fun amusement park where you go down a giant water slide and then go into a house of horrors, or an entire kingdom where everyone is constantly at war all the time and you're running through a village as it is actively being bombed, people fleeing from their homes in terror just barely avoiding with the, escaping with their lives. This series is weird tonally, my guy. Oh, yeah. Just having the, just the completely cutesy aesthetic, but also just very That's why it's called dark War serious. Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> well, very nice. I'm glad I understand why people love this game now. When people say that, like, this is dreamlike, it absolutely capitalizes on that aesthetically. And it marries that with really good gameplay that is sometimes pretty imprecise. Where it feels like, I hit that! I did that. I got comboed and now I'm dead. That feels bad. Mm. But the level design is good. Um, I do think that the PS1 version is much better than the remake for the first game, because that game used uh, sprites for most of its characters, Mm -hmm. whereas the remake uses um, just remade models for everyone. It just looks like a Wii game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. They had to replace the FMVs with in-engine things, so when the world is returning to life, it just looks like, oh, there's a flower that's drooping slightly, and it corrects its posture. (laughs) Whereas in the FMV in the original, it's like a fully desolate wasteland, full end of Lion King revival. And I'm like, 
you sold that better a long time ago. <laughs> mm. But yeah, uh, really enjoyed those games. I did not finish two because of the last game that I played. All right. Is that because it wasn't engaging enough or is just the last game you played just that much better? That just ate everything. I have played right. nothing since I played this game. Very fair. But before that, talk about your shitty God of War or whatever. Ah, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, play God of Snore. Worse than Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Oh, Not a real right. game. <laughs> Walk So. Oh, yeah, just casually having some of the best boss fights I've ever played as ripping through dimensions. Actually, that's yeah, cool. the way you did in Kirby. <laughs> that, that, that's Kirby. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> They're basically the same game. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so I already covered gameplay stuff last time I talked about this. Uh, it's fun. There's so much to do. So many awesome side stories that actually have, like, legitimate, like, character arcs or just heavy story moments. Love it so much. But here, I have finally beaten God of War Ragnarok, so I just want to talk about spoiler story stuff. So, you know, spoiler warning, just character arcs, like, finalities, all that good stuff. I want to know how this ends. Okay, okay. So, so, so just for some comparison, I brought Kratos, Atreus, and Odin to that video we did at the end of the year. Yes. Uh, I think I brought the wrong characters. I think Thor and Sindri are both better. Right, I, I think I think I'm just gonna go through the characters I cared about and just their narratives. I think I'll go in I'll go in terms of least favorite to most favorites. Okay. And, and by least I mean Atreus was still absolutely wonderful. It's just that his story is kind of what you expect going into the story. Like he's coming of age, learning about his powers. He's the Loki of this universe. Like sometimes he just accidentally releases a soulless, dimensional, shattering giant wolf. Yeah, shouldn't or, it be in uni? Got it. Yeah, or uncontrollably turning into a giant bear and mauling your best friend. Just, just the basic teenage stuff, you know? L little things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they did a great job just translating hit the Loki myth into his character. Like, they really they tackle how he's, like, the father of the world serpent and Fenrir in really cool ways. He's not actually their father, but he, like, places their souls in their bodies. It, there's a whole soul mancer thing going on with him. Uh, the key, key roles he plays in Ragnarok, his relationship with other gods, like he drives wedges between Thor and Odin. You can very clearly see how he's bringing that myth to life. It's extremely cool. But it's just kind of what you expect. Th there is one great payout at near the end where every time he's turned into a bear beforehand, it's been just complete emotional turmoil. He has, can't control himself. He gets people hurt. Right, right. It's Chopper. Yeah. Right at the end, his friend is about to die. He takes a moment to go, okay, I can control this. And you just get the best power trip ever of just being a giant cave bear in God of War combat. Oh, man. I just want to play as Chopper in an action game now where he actually feels good. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I think it ended nicely for him. Like, he finds his own person. I, I think they could easily make the next game Star Atreus and be successful with it. They've set the groundwork necessary to do that. Like, so okay. many directions they could take him and Negroboda and Sindri moving forward because they did all the good work here. Those are the characters you should use to move forward, while the rest of them had some pretty nice endings. Um, I think Freya would be next. I didn't talk about her. Well, I kind of talked about her a little bit. She was just... Yeah, matter, matter of the grief of her son, blames Kratos, hunts him down, but after a series of misadventures and a sick boss fight against her as a Valkyrie, like, they talk Ooh. it out. 
Kratos reveals his past, how he lost a child too, by his own hands, and how the vengeance, like, he tried to seek out from doing that, just, it gave him no satisfaction. It was, it was a nice, just, narrative of them coming to understanding with each other. They begin to rely on each other, start telling, start telling stories, a few jokes, and they end the game as really good friends, which I'm glad for, because I feel like just... If this game was made like 10 years ago, there totally would have been a romance there, but they keep it as friends, and that's much better. Thank you for that. Good. Uh, uh, I am so sick of Kratos in bed with million women. Right. Uh, Freya is actually your default companion in the post-game, because Atreus oh, really? leaves. Yeah. All right. Atreus leaves to go on his own adventure. Uh, but why? Oh, like tales. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But Freya has this nice side arc where she goes through... A really brutal showcase of someone escaping the ties of an abusive relationship. Like, there's this spell that keeps her tethered, like, prevents her from traveling to the, throughout the Nine Realms, going back to her home. That she's mm -hmm. just, like, violently screaming in rage, just letting out her pain as she rips the spell apart. So that just, like, just ha had me and my brother just completely silent for a few minutes after it happened. Like, it hit, the vocal performances in, in this game are so good. They hit really hard. I love a good screaming vocal performance because yeah, it's, it's so easy to give a bad screaming vocal yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah Rex, we, we boys need to play so much on this podcast. I'm I so wasn't sorry. even talking about that. I <laughs> was just saying it's in the, general. It's the first one that comes to my mind when I hear bad scream. <laughs> well, I just think like, okay, what are the good screams? 9S and Akechi. And what else? I don't know. But she, she like, mourned how Odin molded her son into a tool. Like, she kind of direct that anger at Kratos and just go full on and trying to kill Odin. Mm -hmm. And then she finally gets to Odin, and just the, the absolute slime ball just kind of marvels and be like, oh, you're, I forgot how good you look at, in Wings. Like, he's such a narcissistic asshole. He's such a good villain in this game. You just feel gross when he talks to people. But you get why he's so powerful. Why he good. He's so charismatic. You, you get to see her finally get the upper hand on him, and eventually, at the end of the game, not even feel a need to kill him, because she has utterly shattered every chain he had on her and her loved ones. It's beneath her now. This entire Norse saga has, like, a huge theme of revenge and overcoming the need for it, and Freya joins Kratos is another fantastic example of how you can fall into that, but come back the other side stronger. It's really cool! It's great writing! That's good. Okay. Ah. Uh... You know what? Despite ranking him the highest, I think Odin would actually be next, based on how the story okay. ends. Like, All right. phenomenal performance. He, he's perfectly written as, like, a narcissist just doing awful things, killing people and blaming others for behaving in a way that made him do it. You know, you know that kind of just mental leap in logic those kind of people will do? Just be like, how, you, how dare you make me do this? That sort of thing. Yes, politician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there was one moment that absolutely solidified his status as one of my favorite gaming villains. Like, I know I gave a spoiler warning, but, like, this is the best plot twist in the game. So if anybody has even the slightest interest, just, okay, skip to the next one. One of the plot lines at work in this game is that Atreus wants to find the Norse god of war, Tyr, to get his help from stopping Ragnarok. Because that's, like, the whole prophecy that, oh yeah, it's Tyr that can do that. Mm -hmm. And after a quest, they find him, but he's not the god of war. He's an... Utterly broken mess, freaking out at the slightest shadow. Man that abhors violence because he's been broken so badly. Not exactly what Kratos uh, and Atreus suspected. And throughout the game, he acts as a kind of... Just a, just a mentor or passive advisor to Kratos and Atreus. Fairly standard broken soldier, pacifist kind of deal. 
yeah. trying to help in whatever way he can, but he just he doesn't want to get his hands dirty. He'll come up multiple times that even when their house is under attack, he just he protects himself and he's he feels bad about that. He's a pretty major character. His counsel dramatically shifts your journey up until the final act of the game. Uh, last time I talked about the, uh, there's this greater cosmology of God of War thing, maybe a, a like, gods beyond gods sort of deal that Odin's tr- obsessed with, and he's trying to fix this artifact to let him connect with it properly and become all-knowing. Right. Fix all everybody's problems. So yeah, that, that's his, like, justification for all his actions, being like, oh yeah, it's for the greater good. Look, I'll be able to fix everything once I get this. And upon hearing this, Tyr picks up the artifact, like, marvels how, I, I didn't believe this could work, but we might be able to stop Ragnarok. With this, I think I can pick up my spear one last time, lead you to Asgard, put a stop to the madness. Thank Loki for, thank you, Loki, for providing this chance. But then one of the dwarves chimes in, the, the blue, blue one, the rude one, mm-hmm. uh, slapping the artifact out of his hand, because the kid earned that, give it back. Also, why are you calling him Loki? You know that ain't his name. And you had to wait on Asgard this whole time. What the fuck, man? And after just his whole spiel of being a rude asshole, rudely challenging Tyr about everything he's saying, Tyr snaps, pulls out a knife, stabs him while screaming, do you never shut up, grabs Atreus, takes him hostage while revealing, shape-shifting, that Tyr has been Odin this entire there time. There we go. Yep, there My we go. My god! Get out of nowhere! My my brother and my we were we were in shock, shouting at the scream, screams, shouting at the scream, screaming at the screen, sitting there numb because just the ramifications of it. I was confident you were either going to say Lo or Odin was going to stab him, or he was Odin. The instant you started doing a speech for him, no, yeah, like I already thought he was well written, like he was already impressively manipulative, like how he was trying to kind of bring Atreus into Asgard, but also being like, yeah, you can go back to your dad. Like, just as soon as you're done, come back and help me. Like, we'll, we'll figure this out. Like, he's master manipulator. But it turns out the entire time, they've been doing exactly what he wants the whole time because he has been with them as tear through every single moment. And, like, looking back, there were hints, but you would never know on a blind playthrough. That's good. Like, Tyr will occasionally bump into things when you release him, which you chalk up to him just being, like, confused. He's getting his footing again. But once you get that reveal, you realize that he only bumps into things on his right side because that's the eye that Odin is missing. (laughs) (laughs) He'll call Freya. that's lovely. Right? It's so good. Like, it plants all the seeds, but you didn't know they were growing a garden until the very end. He He calls Freya Frigg when he first sees her, Odin's pet name for her. And Freya just immediately freaks out. Like, just don't call me that. Okay, I, I'm, I know you. it's been a while, but don't call me that. And it's, it's chalked up to tear. Hasn't seen her in years. But it's just Odin being awful. That's good. Whole game, Tyr is wondering if, Tyr, if Atreus is the prophesied champion of Ragnarok. It's a huge point of conflict between Kratos and the boy because Kratos doesn't want to follow in his footsteps. That's war. Don't do that. And it just seems like Tyr is trying to avoid taking responsibility himself, not wanting to fight, but, like, he's just trying to make it happen the entire time! He's playing everything like a fiddle. This was his plan all along. Just, what what a great villain. So he's only, like, what, fourth or third or whatever? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I I, I couldn't numerically. You're doing this on your presentation, like, I'm going to do Odin next. Anyway, he's perfect. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, let, 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 me, let, me, let me explain, because, like, there's... I, I think he's the perfect one at his role. The, just the other three characters had much stronger emotional payoffs for what happens to them. 
All right. So, I didn't bring Thor to our end-of-year video because I just hadn't seen much of him. His intro was fun. Like, he, you have that whole shot from the end of the first game. Like, he's bringing his hands to his hammer like he's going for a gun at the holster and just completely mm-hmm. subverts it by like, hey, I brought drinks. Do you want to talk? Like, you, you've seen the scene. You've seen the scene. Yeah. Yeah, I have. And it shifts to fight as hard as possible. Just, I can't believe he defibrillates Kratos on the game over screen. That's, that's so, that's just, that's so good. <laughs> he's violent. He's submissive to Odin. Like, for all intents and purposes, he just seems like, like the penultimate boss. The right hand you gotta cut off before going for the head. Right. And that, but then Atreus gets to Asgard, and you start interacting with him in non-combat settings. You see his father Odin verbally abuse him, point him in a direction to go. He, he's, he's basically treated like a dog by his dad. Mm-hmm. And then you see the, the other side, you see him interact with his family, revealing that he's surprisingly caring towards his daughter, like legitimately encouraging her dreams, trying to do fun things with her. He respects his wife's feedback, admitting he needs to set a better example for her. It's a surprising amount of depth, and then you get to the bar scene. So oh, a- after Atreus goes back to Asgard after um, leaving the first time, and after mm-hmm. uh, his dad kills Heimdall, so everything's in turmoil, Odin's trying to stay calm, just sends Thor to go fe- sends Atreus to go fetch Thor, gets his daughter's help, and you find him piss drunk in a tavern. Something you might expect from the Mist of Thor, because, you know, that's, that's alcohol and him go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. But then his daughter starts berating him, telling him that she thought he was past this. You promised you wouldn't do this anymore. Come on, I, I know your dad was mean to you, but... Dad! And, and Thor can't even look at her, averting his gaze with the most just shattered, broken look on his face. Yes, Dad, you're very sober. <laughs> but in like, in like a way that just hurts. Like, what, imagine that was his daughter. Yes. Just seeing all the shit he's gone through. Yes. His daughter, like his daughter says he doesn't need to do this, that she's there for him even when he's like this, even when he's in this state. And, like, I- I've struggled in the past with drinking problems before, like, drinking away my problems, and just, fuck that hit right where it hurts. I didn't realize it until someone else pointed out to me, but Thor in this game is a brilliant mirror to Kratos if mm-hmm. Kratos had been loyal to his father Zeus. Mm. Like, surrounded by luxury, blessed with immense power, but just treated like a stupid, disposable tool with no escape in sight other than the bottom of, of a bottle. Oh, that's tasty. Right? Good. He's just a monster. He believes he's a monster. He does his monstrous duties as his father commands. And like the, that all comes to a head with his, in his battle with Kratos because Kratos sees himself in the same light, a fellow monster. Right. And like through an intense fight, Kratos finally gets it through his skull that yes, we are monsters. We've done horrible things, but we must be better for our children. We, our past cannot define our futures. Just a very good speech. And around that moment is where Odin enters the scene. Like, and he notices that Thor is faltering. He shouts out, "What the hell are you thinking? Who told you you could think? Just kill him!" And Thor looks at Kratos, looks at his daughter, turns to his father, and finally tells him no. And without hesitation, Odin stabs him through the heart. Yeah, yeah, that, that tracks. It just... fucking hell. The, the game dangles the possibility of, like, a redemption for him in front of you for so long. You learn so many things about Thor's past. Like, his sons were in the previous game, which you killed. And mm-hmm. you'll hear talks about just how 
both Thor and Sif were extremely heavy drinkers, and they were really abusive parents at first. And you can see that, okay, now that their sons are dead, they're trying to really be better for their daughter, because it was the wake-up call they needed to be like, oh shit, we've fallen apart. And just to see him shatter again, Atreus try to help him, being like, come on, man, look at what you're doing to your daughter, you can do better. And you get to see him choose that to be better for a split second. He gets to be the dad he wants to be. And his reward for it is dying with his father's spear in his chest, feebly reaching out for his daughter. It, it, it's so powerful. It's, it hurts, but it, like, you get that moment of being like, okay, you've, you finally did it, man. You can rest. And it's just, God, this games are art, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, they are. We always have been, but they are. Yeah, yeah. And to do all that with what you just expect to be, like, knowing the previous God of War games, you're like, oh yeah, that's gonna be like the Hercules boss fight. Yeah, it's gonna be super cool. You're gonna be like throwing you, you, both of your weapons return to your hands. It's gonna be so cool. And then you just, broken dad, just let him be better. <laughs> Huge themes of fatherhood. Which, speaking of Kratos, oh my god. Kind of in the same boat as Atreus at first. His arc is what you'd expect in this game. He's just like, help his son, be his own man, don't, but don't make the same mistakes I did and go back and forth, back and forth. How do I be a dad here? Mm-hmm. It's a nice through line. The emotional payoff is excellent. They hug, promise to help each other with their weaknesses. Very heartwarming. Yeah. But that is just the conclusion to the conflict between father and son. Despite reconciling all that, there's still the fact that Kratos is prophesied to die in Ragnarok. And this game handles that in such a beautiful way. The night before the big battle, uh, Atreus can't sleep. Like, Freya was all big and showy, but like, oh yeah, you're a man now. You deserve your own tent. But like halfway through the night, Atreus comes in and be like, man, I, I, I'm sorry, Dad, I can't sleep. Can I just come in here? And it's, it's, it's so adorable. Aww. And Chris is like, all right, I'll, I'll tell you a story like I used to and help settle your mind. And he starts talking about this, this, this man that would provide lumber for his village over the years, going back and forth, making sure that everyone was warm. But as the years went by, he just wasn't able to carry his weight as well until one day he finally met death and just decided he's right. Yeah, you, it seems to be subconsciously how close the ties are to the story with Kratos himself because he's, as he's telling it, Kratos begins to falter as he speaks. Mm-hmm. Like you start, he start, there's a little motion. He starts to break a little bit as he's speaking because he's looking down at his son now sleeping and you realize that he's realizing that this is the last night he will be alive. This is the last story he will tell his son. Mm-hmm. And just the, the grief and the stoic acceptance on his face is palpably heartbreaking. Like, just the, just like slowly nodding his head, just like, okay, if these are my last moments, I'll, I'm going to make it count. Mm-hmm. Mid-battle in Ragnarok, which is extremely sick, by the way. Just armies Good. and dragons and giant wolves tearing through dimensions, and the world serpent is dueling Thor in the background. It's, it's such a great set piece. But mid-battle, civilians caught in the, are caught in the crossfire. And he's just horrified, but he starts repeating what Kratos has always taught him. Just close your heart to your suffering. Close your heart. We gotta do this. And then Kratos just gets on his knees in front of him. He's like, no, I was wrong. The fact that you feel their suffering in your heart is one of your strongest traits. Like, open your heart to them. Your kindness is your strength. Just like, you can tell it's like, okay, this is my last lesson to him. I need to make sure I leave him off as best as I possibly can. You get a little teary-eyed during it. Aww. Good. Except Kratos does not die. They beat Prophecy, and Odin takes Kratos' place. And in the aftermath of the battle, after Atreus has left, 
Kratos finds one last prophecy. Throughout this whole game, the entire series, really, Kratos has seen himself as an unredeemable monster. It's the, the same <laughs> thing with Thor. Yeah. Even in Norse, when he's trying to make amends, he, he clearly believes that there's no moving forward for him. He can't be redeemed. No matter what he does, he will always be the ghost of Sparta. Like, Odin taunts him about this, Thor taunts him about this, the specter of Athena in the last game, and Kratos always agrees, being like, yeah, I'm a monster, but, like, we gotta be better than this. Mm -hmm. I, I will die doing better. But this prophecy shows something different. It shows a golden statue of Kratos in a square, uh, kind of similar to something you see of Tyr throughout the game, just the beloved mm -hmm. god Tyr. And the monument is surrounded by people worshipping and celebrating him. And Kratos breaks down seeing this, like, shakingly holding his hand against the picture, choked gasps coming out of his mouth, which in Kratos' terms is just, like, breaking down for, like, 15 minutes straight. Oh, yeah. Something, like, he had never dared dream of po being ever possible. Probably never even considered it. After centuries of hardship, this broken man sees a future where he is respected and loved by all as a peaceful god. And I just... I couldn't imagine a better capstone to Kratos' story. Like, I'm sure they could do more things with him if they wanted. Like, seeing him develop as a benevolent god entering a new realm, mm -hmm. trying to take the tier root of, okay, now, now I'm, a, I'm a pacifist now. Yeah. But if this was the last time we ever saw him, I would be satisfied. It's one of the most satisfying endings I've ever seen to a long-running character because after so long, he can finally forgive himself. It, it's a beautiful transformation that's honestly analogous of the games themselves, I would argue, from the origins of it as a pure action fantasy, a pure wish-fulfillment game. A pure, the advertising saying, this game will get you laid, god of war, <laughs> into something, you know, beautiful and prideful and understanding the past, but growing stronger from it. It's, it's one of those moments where art imitates life so beautifully, so parallel to each other and only sticks the landing because of confidence and care. Absolutely. That's, that's lovely. I say never playing the game, however. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the director of the game, like, changed the tone of the series because he himself became a father. Mm. And, like, you, you can clearly see that reflected throughout the entire story. No, yeah. Of just Kratos trying to be better for his son and eventually being better for himself. And I say all of that, but he's not the best character in this game. Because that character is Sindri. Uh, do you know who Sindri is in the God of War Norse games? Uh, refresh me. I uh, only he, went through the first. He is the uh, dwarf shopkeeper that is germaphobic. Like, yes, yes, okay, yes. The, the overly sensitive, like, comic relief, and that, that's really all he is in the first game. Yeah, no, I know him. He, he, him and his brother have kind of short but nice. We're estranged at first, but we're going to learn to care about each other again in the first game, but that's it. But yeah. In, in this game, that role is expanded upon. Uh, with it having been several years, he and Atreus have developed a really strong friendship in the time skip because, like, he's the only other person around for Trace to have as a friend. Mm -hmm. And he, his house becomes like the central hub of the story, the safe haven for NPCs. It, it, it's, they, their bond with Kratos and Atreus has kind of grown to a point that they're basically one big family, which provides so many great interactions as the group have become extremely familiar with each other. But it, it, it's still all surface level stuff. Like, Sindri will ask them to, all right, wipe your feet a lot before you enter my house. Being like, oh, oh you're just gonna, you're not gonna wipe your feet. Ah, okay. Yeah. 
But all of this changes as the story develops. It's in the background to the Kratos-Atreus conflict, but Sindri and Atreus also develop a rift as Atreus tries to do what he thinks is right. Like, I'm gonna go find Freya, even though she's trying to kill us. I'm gonna go to Asgard and try to trick Loki. Sindri always telling him to stop. This is crazy, man. I'm, I'm your friend, but don't do this. Atreus doesn't listen. But Sindri relents to help anyway because, you know, they're friends. Yeah. That all comes to a head when Atreus loses his temper and runs off to Asgard, as when he loses control, as we've established, he becomes a giant cave bear, and he kind of mauls Sindri in the process. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, you can tell that deeply emotionally hurts Sindri, in addition to just having a giant bandage over his head. becomes kind of distant and depressed, and it kind of gets smoothed over a little when Atreus gets back. It's obviously still an arcade, but like, as the story progresses, sure, they'll smooth things out. Except then, Tyr turns into Odin and stabs his brother through the heart, who dies in his arms shortly after. Little side plot happening here was the reveal that Brock had died before. Sindri brought him back to life, but not completely. It's the missing soul thing. There's only f- there's four parts of a soul in Norse mythology, but Sindri was only able to find three of Brock's. Mm-hmm. And after, like, Sindri flees in grief with his brother's body, Atreus like, brokenheartedly is asking, like, is there anything to do to help? We can help? We can maybe go back to Helheim? Like, go get Brock back? But Mimir reveals that since Sindri brought back Brock incomplete, he's missing the part of his soul that would direct him to the afterlife. And without it, Brock's just gone. He, he's not just dead. He has no afterlife. He's just gone forever. And, like, these are the comic relief characters, I want to remind you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's a for- I can't believe that Skull is cradling the body of Bulk as he cries. <laughs> I don't even know this. <laughs> the, the, the Power Rangers bullies. Oh, okay, okay. So you find Sindri a little later. His, his brother's body's on a table. Sindri's just kind of just working through the grief, just smithing. And he's mm-hmm. covered in filth. Like, the, the germaphobic just guy... Like, his brother's blood, the just gear, just the soot from the forge. He's a mess. Yeah. Atreus starts meekly apologizing, and Sindri delivers one of the best goddamn vocal performances I've ever heard. He, he turns to them and just mocks the apology, shouting how much he's done for them. He's given them his skills, his home, his treasures, his friendship, and they just kept taking Every joking moment of Kratos and Atreus ignoring Sindri's wishes becomes retextualized as you realize with horror that you have horribly mistreated this NPC. You took him for granted. It's like, he's just the shopkeeper. Why would... He's just funny. And he's wailing at you that he doesn't even have his family anymore. You want sorry? This is what sorry looks like. Now get the fuck out of my sight. From that point forward... Sindri is no longer your friend. Doesn't upgrade your gear, there's no more funny quips, he's purely a story character. Just the newest member to join the cycle of vengeance that Kratos and Freya are stuck in. But who upgrades your gear? You have, like, Brock's old flame. There's a, there's a third dwarf that comes around. Okay. When you said Brock's old flame, I just imagined, like, a tiny campfire, and you're just, like, sneaking in <laughs> it's just, to just, use it. It's just to the, use his brother's the, tools. <laughs> just like, well, we still have to. Oh, God. I, I gotta get, like, plus eight on my axe. <laughs> but, like, the dude goes on, a, like, a rampage. 
Like, he single-handedly destroys all of Odin's siege weapons, and at the end of the game, Odin is incapacitated, his soul is actually ripped from his body and imprisoned. Mm -hmm. Kratos and Atreus and Freya are all having their super goody two-shoes, like, righteous, yeah, I've, we've, come, we've gone through our character arcs, we don't even feel the need to kill him. Like, what comes next? What, what do we do with him? And Sindri just walks in from off-screen, grabs Odin's soul, and smashes it. Sindri is the one that kills Odin. Good. Just says, that's what comes next, and just walks away. You only see him again in the post-credits, where he doesn't say a word to Kratos, just brokenly looks at him before leaving. And as he's leaving, the game ends with one of the cruelest but most clever, gut-wrenching payoffs I've ever heard for a throw throwaway line. Back when Brock was still alive, he was trying to one-up Mimir by finding a riddle that the severed head couldn't solve, because, you know, Mimir's all like, oh, I'm the smartest man alive. Mm -hmm. All that stuff. And eventually he found one that was, like, giving him some trouble. Uh, it was, what grows larger the more you take away from it? And there are, like, ten sets of dialogue as Mimir tries to guess different things and gets more and more frustrated as he just can't figure out the damn riddle as everyone else is laughing at him. It's all played for laughs. Mm-hmm. But as Sindri disappears, you just hear Mimir mutter a hole. It gets bigger the more you take away. Well, that's bitter. And that's just the end of his story. There's no healing, no reconciling, no finding a way to save Brock like 99% of other stories would do. There's right. nothing. Life sucks. Horrible things happen to people that don't deserve it, and sometimes there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Maybe you could have changed things. Maybe Treyas could have, like, volunteered to get Brock's last soul piece. Maybe you didn't take Sindri seriously. You... But you didn't take Sindri seriously. You didn't listen to his advice. You didn't respect his cleanliness because he's comic relief. Why would you listen to him? And this is what happens. And I, I respect the hell out of that so much it takes a really confident writer to forgo the easy like satisfying conclusion there and just end a story with a character still in pain yes i i don't know if they have like plans for Sindri in the future i i, I could totally see him being like an antagonist to atreus i think you could do a lot with that mm -hmm. like he, he goes to egypt and you just find him there trying to make a deal with anubis or something i, I feel like that just writes itself yeah but even if they do nothing with it, I respect and value their commitment to ground their narrative like this. And to use his role in the game as this, like the shopkeeper that you just don't take seriously and just exploit that to make the events hit much harder, that is, that, that is a masterful use of the tropes of the medium. And it's just, just some phenomenal storytelling that I'm so glad I got to experience. Man, I wish I had the patience for these games. Because it's so good. It's so... It moves things forward. I I don't know why I have such an aversion to the major AAA releases. I just can't find myself sticking with them. But the individual pieces that they do, the ways that they tell stories, the ways that things develop always are so poignant and so nicely done. It just <sighs> makes me feel like I'm missing a part of myself when I reflect on that. Like, I could be going for these, and I just don't. Because this is, this is beautiful. This is moving things forward in a beautiful way. No, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I can honestly feel that a bit there. Like, I think if I was playing through this just myself, I wouldn't have been able to, like, get as engrossed in it. Because, like, there are 
a lot of sections where you're just going from point A to point B. The game does, mm-hmm. like, fills that space with dialogue better than literally everything else on the market. Like, I, I will stand by that claim. Just the amount of dialogue they have here is amazing, how seamlessly you go from conversation to conversation. But that doesn't change the fact that those downtimes are still there. But just having it with my brother and just being able to, like, fill those blank spots with just conversations of our own. Yeah. Kind of just fills that void. I, just, yeah. I don't know. But, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm coming out of this feeling like, gosh, I would love that. I think I need, I need to find new ways to enjoy games sometimes. I might have to. Cause that's, that's beautiful. And I don't, I don't want to reflect on their negative aspects anymore. I don't want to be the person who downplayed all of your praises for God of War earlier. I want to be able to feel that. Ah, oh, come on. The downplays are very funny, beautiful. though. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm, I'm fucking hysterical, however. <laughs> I, I, I would also throw out that it is also genuinely helpful as just learning what you like in something to put voices to those things of like, yeah, I don't like this part of it. Let's talk about that. Like, that's not a bad thing. It's how we understand you know, I, what we enjoy. I entirely agree. That's a lot of what my channel is based off of. It's just a matter of being able to get past those initial barriers that would keep me away from a game like this. I really want to work toward being better at that and finding a way to make that still enjoyable while not being like, yes, I should do this so I can make video games not work. (laughs) If you find a way, let me know. Uh, I had a similar problem with what you're describing with I when I originally tried to play The Last of Us, mm. just just couldn't get through it. I'm watching the show now, and just fucking hell, man. That's I, I feel like you could give like awards to individual episodes of that show. The story just rips your heart out, and you thank it for it. It's so weird for it's able to do that. No, I still want to be mean to The Last of Us. <laughs> I'll give it to you for t- for the second one. It's a bit pretentious, but the first one, I I can get down for the first one. No, I want to be blanket mean to that series. (laughs) But other things, though, (laughs) like I'll forgive Red Dead now. I can, I will allow myself to like Red Dead now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great game, a great story. And just with the quality that's here, I can't wait to see how they just handle just Atreus is, like, growing into his own person. Like, ri- writing a healthy relationship dynamic between Anger Boda and him, like, that that's gonna be some juicy storytelling. It's gonna be so wholesome and just aggravating at the same time. I can't wait to see it. I hope I don't see him for five years. I want them to take all of the time in the world. Yes. Yes. It's, it's gotta... I, they have unlocked the deepest vaults of Sony's money-making schemes, mm-hmm. and they just gotta keep exploring that as long as they can. Like, yes. take your time. Yeah, that's, that's God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, so anyway, I've been playing Theater Rhythm. It's a fucking fantastic game. I love it. <laughs> uh, before this, before we started this, Pierre was begging just to be like, can I just play the game as we're recording? I have taken every opportunity I can to play Theater Rhythm whenever I can. And one of my Joy-Cons started drifting, and I have punched that Joy-Con so many times to get it to work, and that has made me so good at the video game. (laughs) (laughs) 
So anyway, uh, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line is the latest and currently most final release of the Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm series. It is a rhythm game based around the Final Fantasy series where you collect Final Fantasy heroes and villains in a weird, like, the dolls from Coraline art style Mm -hmm. is the closest analogous thing I can do for it. I see it, I see it. And... You just go through them, and it's a Final Fantasy rhythm game. And you're like, Pierre, that sounds good. How much do you love rhythm games? And Pierre goes, Pierre loves rhythm games a whole lot. Pierre considers Space Channel 5 and Dance Dance Revolution Extreme absolutely defining of him. Has never owned a Guitar Hero or Rock Band, though. However, I will talk your ear off about freaking Guitaru, man. I will play Parappa the Rapper 2 with you as long as you want, and then go, well, actually, Um Jammer Lammy is superior. <laughs> like, I love rhythm games. This is a good-ass rhythm game. So the conceit of these games is um, they started on the 3DS, I believe. I think so, And yeah. a lot of it was touchscreen-based. They have changed that into a very twin-stick sort of thing. Whereas anything that would be like a swipe on the DS touchscreen or like a follow is now either hold the button or use the twin sticks in order to do it. It's uh, more akin to a uh, Hatsune Miku Project Diva or a Persona dancing all night. Okay. Rather. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's to its immense benefit. It could be that I just have a distaste for touchscreen controls, which I do, but just the feeling like. There used to be notes where you had to trace a line like it's a Mario Party minigame. Uh-huh. But now you're just moving the stick up and down to the beat of the rhythm, and you just see, like, 20 notes in a row go, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, boom. And it is the most satisfying thing to trace that line, because you don't have to trace it exactly. You just have to be holding up or down at the right time Good. in tune with the movement of the line. And when you do that, it just feels so good. It feels so good. This game is absolutely monumental in the amount of music it has. I believe the tracks for the bass version are, if I remember correctly, 358. Wow. With the DX version, I think it goes above 400. And with all of the DLC combined, I think it's like 550 will be what will be at the end of this year. And they're like full rhythm game levels with different difficulty levels. And even a mode where you can go, hey, I don't like doing the dual sticks. Can I just press a button in time to the music? You sure can. We have simplified mode for you. So if you just want to do a pure rhythm, hit the buttons, you can do that. Nice. And the sheer amount of music and the sheer love this game has for the Final Fantasy franchise. Like, it knows that, you know, some of the licensing is screwed for it. But they pull that in for the DX version. So they make sure that you have Eyes on Me. They make sure that you have Hollow from Final Fantasy VII Remake. They make sure that you get all of these amazing songs. And the way they're presented to you is you don't get anything at the start. You get whatever DLC you have, and that's it. Instead, you have to go through each individual title and play the songs as they would appear in the stories of their games. Yes! Oh, that's so good! 
progressing through them from their opening theme to either their ending theme or the final boss. And this already feels great. And you ask, but what about the MMO? What about Final Fantasy XIV? It's got like a billion songs. What does it go to? Admittedly, it does not have Endwalker, but it does have 32 songs. Yet. Yeah, but I don't think Endwalker's been announced. Oh, okay, yeah. And what they've announced so far, at least. Because, like, they've announced, like, it's going to have Live Alive, it's going to have Nier, it's going to have Nier Automata. I, they're going... Uh, what? Yeah, they're just doing the Square Library. <laughs> the Live Alive pack is out. You can play Megalomania in this game right now. That's sick. Right? Oh my god, I, I, I'm, I'm, like, looking up, like, everything that's been in the game right now. Uh-huh. And there's, like, there's Tactics, there's Dissidia... There's there's the Smash. They got the Black Mages? What, the actual yeah. band? They got the band. Only like two or three songs, I believe. But yes. What the? Holy there's shit. There's Stranger of Paradise music in here. There's five full songs from fucking Mystic Quest. <laughs> there's remixes unique to the game. Mike, th- this is just Final Fantasy, the celebration. I did not think I had nostalgia for Final Fantasy. But then I discovered, oh, they have a Crystal Chronicles section. Oh no, my heart! <laughs> oh god, I didn't realize I loved the shitty map theme so much! <sighs> it does have its problems. Uh, there are songs that should be here that are not here. Uh, the most glaring of them is that Aria de Mezzo Carate is not in the game. Oh god, which one? I, I recognize that's the, name. Which the one Final is that? Fantasy VI opera. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. How? Which? How? Yeah. Is there like right stuff with it for the singer? It's... Um, Two Xanarkand is not in the base game. It is a downloadable song, and I don't know. I don't think that one has rights issues. It's not like on the streaming. You shouldn't stream this song. We will have rights issues list that thankfully is actually in the game itself. Oh, that's, that's, that's nice of them. It's, it's very helpful to go, yes, please do not play Eyes on Me on stream. We can't help you. <laughs> Which is a shame. I fucking love Eyes on Me. Dude, I might be a Final Fantasy VIII mark. I hate that game's gameplay so much, but its music is so good. <laughs> but they don't have the landing from it. And to my greatest chagrin, Dancing Mad has been neutered worse than the DK rap. Oh, no. It is a two-minute song. No! That's that's gonna be, like... I would accept nothing less than, like, through the fire and the flames lengths of just, like, okay, I gotta stay focused for ages and ages and ages. I know. That's, that's what I was hoping for. But they do have the full Advent Children version of One Winged Angel, which is, like, six minutes. But they don't do that for dancing... Dancing Matt? Yeah, I don't hmm. get it. That's so... Maybe they're like saving that for like DLC later because if the, the the if you wanted the series to keep going, you gotta have something you can add later that people want. I I get that, but at the same time, like just no, make some I remixes. don't get it at all, my guy. But then I'm like sitting here and I'm like, you have good King Mogulmog from Final Fantasy fourteen. That's a cut. I know that. Which, if you don't know, good King Mogulmog is a uh, encounter against a giant Moogle. That is sung in the style of This is Halloween. (laughs) 
and the individual <laughs> singers sing about how individual Moogles in the song will kill you, and you have to kill them in the order of the song. That's so good. Oh, that's I so good. I am told good. it is an annoying fight, but God. <laughs> Premise alone, man. I don't care if it's annoying. That's brilliant. I don't know. I haven't played Final Fantasy fourteen. I just know things. <laughs> I wouldn't come out of that. Have you seen how addicted I am to the fucking rhythm game? <laughs> now, it has all of that, and I'm not even close to done. I just got the notification saying, you've been playing for 30 hours in just the rhythm modes. Not like the full game clock, just purely rhythm games. Wow. How many are you like going through them chronologically, or are you just kind of going? No, I'm skipping like? around to where I want. Okay, okay. Because in addition to all of that, there is an RPG system baked into this game. How? Your characters level up, your characters gain new skills, and every time you hit a specific kind of trigger, like if you have a big combo or you hit a lot of the sliding triggers or a lot of the holding triggers or a lot of the rapid doing triggers, they'll activate one of their skills to fight bosses. Now, your health will only go down if you fuck up. So you can basically ignore defensive and healing characters if you're really good at rhythm games. However, all of the bosses have different elemental affinities, all of them have different spells which could, like, petrify you, or turn you into toads, or a bunch of other things. And they will have challenges, like, please beat Safer Sephiroth. He has three times the normal health that bosses have. And you have to fight, like, two or three more enemies to get to Safer Sephiroth. And you only have until the song ends to beat him, obviously. Otherwise, he'll just peace out, and then you don't get the reward for the quest. So you have to configure a party based on what you have, learn the song, learn the status effects that the enemies have to go like, oh, this song has Typhon as an enemy. He's one of the few things that casts Toad. I have to have someone who cures Toad in my party. Or I have to out-damage him in time. And you have to figure out when your skills activate, because some of them will go, oh, it uh, activates in a medium difficulty song at 65 of uh, slide triggers. So you have to go, okay, do I use Blizzara or Blizzaga? Or do I use Thundara based on how many hold triggers are in a song or how many slide triggers are in a song? Whatever. You have to actively strategize a party while growing other party members in order to get the deeper rewards and cosmetics and stuff. That's so good. I think that's rad as hell. And then I'm like, oh, you don't need the healing characters. But you can go head to head against another player in an online mode. Yes. And then yes. you're actively taking damage from them. So those healing characters and those durability characters, you can't go glass cannon anymore. You have to have something because they'll throw status effects at you like everything that isn't perfect will be considered a miss for the next 50 notes. Or, we're just going to throw a shit ton of chocobos at you, and they're going to deal damage. Deal with it. Does it ever have any a multiplayer Guitar Hero things of just like, okay, you can't use this button until you mash it down, or you just can't see this set of notes? Can you, like, mess with what you can, you can see like that? I don't recall. I haven't played much of the multiplayer mode because I am still grinding out games, so I have them complete. I have most of the numbered titles done. I think I'm missing three, twelve, and the compilations of seven and thirteen, so 
seven games post seven and 13 games post 13. Okay, okay. And Dissidia and Theater Rhythm exclusive songs. So I have a ways to go. I have like a hundred songs left. <laughs> but God, dude, it feels so good. I have my problems with this game, but I never want to stop playing it. I, I, I'd be in the same boat. Like, I'm, I'm kind of scared just being like, maybe I should just check it out just for just for a second. Because like, I saw King K stream this game for five minutes. and I'm like, I need this. I need this <laughs> game in my life. Which ironically has completely halted Klonoa too, and he loves Klonoa. However, damn, I haven't finished it. And it's in my top 100. Like, no doubt. Just nice. instantly there. I just love playing it. How high it is, I'll know. I'll let that settle. But God, I am addicted to this shit. I, I bet. Like, I feel like RPG combat is at its best when there are things... When you're worried the most about the combat, like, outside of... No, that's, how, how do I put this? Like, like, when the things that you're affecting are kind of more like strategizing the plan ahead. Like, all these things about, like, okay, I have to, how do I strategize? Like, you're going up to a battle map and trying to figure out what you're supposed to do before you get to that. Does that make sense? Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly how it feels. I haven't even talked about, like, summons. You have summons, and you have to manage those, and you have some summon-type characters who can make the summon gauge feel faster, but obviously that's sacrificing your overall DPS. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. your characters only get three skills. So you usually have to have very hyper-specific builds. Are there some that are better than others? Yes, I figured out very quickly that Terra is really, really fucking good. Because she learns double cast, and oh, she is one yeah, of the yeah, few yeah. characters with Ultima, and her unique skill, Riot Blade, is Fire Element, and other characters can very easily enhance Fire Element. But her skills only trigger once and only on a boss, so she is exclusively a boss killer, and you can only kill one boss with her. Unless I give her a build with Tornado, which hits enemies in a group, but does little damage. However, if I focus a magic build, you, you, you see the issue here. No, yeah, I, can, I, I totally see the issue. And I'm like, but Gilgamesh is here. I love Gilgamesh. And halfway through the song, he just becomes 2.5 times as more powerful. Yes. That's so I have great. to measure every song for when he hits morphing time. So that I know, okay, this is the point. Does the boss become before or after? And can I clear enemies so that he's using all of his damage exclusively on the boss? And then I also have to play a rhythm game perfectly. I was just about to say, yeah, the fact that that's all on top of just the natural extreme engagement and fun of a rhythm game is just kind of blowing my mind here. Yeah. Like, I just came in for the fun Final Fantasy music and realizing, oh god, I really love 8 and 9 soundtracks a whole lot. Nine's so good. Nine's my happy place, man. Oh my god. I forgot how much I love that uh, city theme that's just like a jazzy piano. Yes! I think it was like Torino or something. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. They lay that out so well, it's so fun to play. That and uh, Otherworld, the final boss of Final Fantasy X. That's such a good map. Mmm. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's got the Bariki Dio theme. The the Steel Titan theme from Live Alive. Ah! My god. How much does this game cost again? <laughs> uh so for that version, that I think that's 80, which is like the game plus the first wave of DLC. Okay. I think okay. all waves goes up to a hundred, I think. Oh, but a hundred for like that many hours of just consistent fun. Well, it'll be consistent fun just for the 60 version, I assure no, you. No, yeah, no, I, I, I don't doubt you. 
Oh, I, 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 I might legitimately grab this. This might become a problem. My, my productivity is already so bad. What are you doing to me? <laughs> to, this is my problem. It is now yours. <laughs> you have inherited the mantle as I go off and I punch Black Shadow to death. Yes. Video games are great. Video games are so great. I'm so glad I love them this much. Like, I was feeling bad giving this stupid rhythm game right off of God of War make me recall my life. But now I'm going, no. No, I'm right. Video games are dumb junk. I'm never going to play a AAA game. <laughs> I, I was wondering how long it would take for you to bounce back. I'm glad it didn't take that long. Oh, I'm back, baby! <laughs> All right, that's it. Let's hit the future site thing. Yeah, let's do the news. Future site! All right. So I have good news, I have bad news, I have all sorts of news. What kind of news you want today? Um, I know it's out of order, can we just talk about Street Fighter first? We can absolutely talk really about Street like Fighter. I really like Street Fighter, that, that game really looks like really Street good. <laughs> oh my god, I am starting to worry that they have shown no footage of the PS4 build. Ooh, yeah, that's... I mean, I'm not surprised. If the worst thing about your game is, oh god, this is going to be the one that makes me upgrade to next gen, then... Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's a, it's a pretty <laughs> yeah, good problem to have. Because, oh! It looks so good. It looks so amazing. Uh, th the three characters, like, I'm, I'm, we, all, we knew all their designs beforehand, but Zangief looks great. Oh my god, when he catches Honda's leg under his arm, that right? looked seamless! That was so fluid! It looked like the animation was designed for that attack. I know! I'm sure it wasn't, but just, oh my god! That counter! Like, the rest of it was fine, like, Lily looks fine, Cammy isn't my type, but she's good! Yeah, I, I love Lily's design so much. I, I've always loved Street Fighter's character designs for just, like, it, it does what Overwatch tries to do, but just so much better. I've just been like, yeah, let's get let's just get everybody around the world into this mess. And then mm -hmm. every single character we've seen just embraces that to the fullest, and it's so good. Yes. Every theme I'm hearing is just, just ambrosia to the ears. And the fact that they're getting all of this while also fixing the problem that every single fighting game has had for like the last 15 years and actually having some engrossing single-player content at the same time. Yes, and having such a peak. Like, did you see that announcement for Capcom Cup? One million dollars for the winner? Million? <laughs> One million. Beat this game, be the best, and you become a millionaire. Your life can change if you are really, really good at the cute army girl with the good butt. <laughs> you should have said the character with the good butt and me talking about like 90% of the cast. They're really good butts in this game. It's anyway. Like, everybody here is just sculpted. Yes. Not a birdie in sight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this game looks so good. I've never played Street Fighter again. It's gonna be so fun. I've played Street Fighter games. No, this looks better. I'm so, so thrilled. Ah. All right, let's hit some sad news. Uh, Rumbleverse servers are shut down by Epic just after six months of release. 
I feel like it's both a blessing and a curse, because I'm glad... I, you know what, no, it's actually a full-on blessing. I'm glad that I'm seeing that companies are starting to, like, realize that, oh shit, we actually have to, like, support these things heavily, otherwise they just die. Y you can't phone in life support. If you, if See, that's the thing. This game was great. Like, this was the Battle Royal Rumble. This was the wrestling-focused one that legitimately had good interactions like and it had so many references like you could learn zangief's spinning pile driver animated to the t and you could do it off of a skyscraper that's pretty great yeah which could then combo into literally just the hundred hand slap they added the keyblade for some reason <laughs> what yeah there was just a keyblade in this game and you could do sora's keyblade combos Maybe they just ran out of money because of the licensing. Good grief. This was, no, it wasn't licensed. It, these were like, oh, these are references to these things, but they're not actually the things. Like, this was a cool game. It's super ugly. Really, really ugly. But it was cool. It was also a Battle Royale game done by Epic, who, you know, own a pretty popular Battle Royale game. Just, just a bit. A couple people probably heard of it. <sighs> this one actually upsets me just because about a decade ago, a game came out called uh, Anarchy Reigns. Do you remember that at all? Uh, oh, that's that's ringing a bell. It was the sequel to a game called Mad World. Uh, the right. guy with the chainsaw on his yes, arm. Yes, 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 yes. And it was this concept. It was a, well, it wasn't a full battle royale. It was like a team shooter based, but close combat team shooter. Where just dude with chainsaw for arm, uh, various girls with weapons, a pimp with giant metal fists that set on fire, literally just Bayonetta. We have her, so she's in the game. That as a competitive multiplayer experience. And it felt awesome, and it sold nothing. Like, actively a disaster sales-wise, but it was so much fun. And this, this was the spiritual successor to this. I was at the point where, okay, next season, I just might get in if it doesn't look ugly anymore. Because it looks really ugly. And now it's dead. Okay, now that now I'm just sad. Because that, that sucks. I don't know if that's like a marketing problem or just you didn't put enough into graphics. Because like the, the, the concept sounds fun, but I'm also like, I thought this was a completely different game when you first said the name. I had to look it up. She's like, oh, no, that one. That one. Yeah, no, no, no. This is the one that people always mistake for multiverses, but isn't. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Tommy Tallarico stays lying. Earthworm Jim 4 is canceled because guess what? Earthworm Jim 4 was never real. Was that ever a, like, rumor in the first? I have not kept up with this thing. Uh, I believe that he promised an Earthworm Jim 4 as a way to sell his new console. Uh, that didn't exist. Let me see. Let me let me pull up the article here. I've never even heard of the Intellivision, amigo. No, wait, no, I guess I have. Yeah. That's ringing a bell. Never, I never the right. Keep winning, Tommy. Thank you for sharing your name with me. It, it hurts every time. But on positive news, there is new Hungry Burger support in Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> I remember seeing you freaking out about that on your Discord server. Bro, Hungry Burger! It lives. You brought it back to life. 
For reference, Hungry Burger was never alive. It was a shitty card on release, and it came out in like 2001. Well, 2002 in the US, but I don't know when it was released in Magic Ruler or Spell Ruler or whatever. I think it was Thousand Eyes Bible in Japan. I don't recall. Anyway, dead on release card. Absolutely awful. And they're just pumping it up because people won't shut up about the fucking hamburger in Yu-Gi-Oh. Beautiful. God, sometimes Yu-Gi-Oh makes me so happy. Uh, Yoko Taro turns Sega into cute anime girls and also a dictator? 404 game reset. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> so yes, uh, this is a game wherein Yoko Taro paints Sega as an evil corporation that has gotten so successful that it has taken over the world. Stoplights have been taken over, so the green is replaced with Sonic, and the red is replaced <laughs> with Robotnik. So, you need to bring back the old spirit of Sega by combining with old games that have been turned into cute anime girls. That's... Uh, Afterburner is a really important game for my childhood, and I don't know how I, I, don't know how I feel about that. Is that Don't you a, want to date Afterburner? Is that just an Akira stand? Yes. <laughs> yes. That is exactly what that is. Yoko Taro is quoted in saying, I wanted to make this concept, but I didn't think Sega would like it if I portrayed them in a positive light, so I portrayed them <laughs> negatively. Please let us know in the comments which Sega character you would most like to see as a cute anime girl, unless they're already a cute anime girl. I will tell you exactly how inferior they are to Ula La Space Channel 5. I, 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 I need to know what the final boss of that game is. I just want to see more. As soon as that game comes out, I'm looking up just every boss battle just to see what the hell is going to happen there. Yes. Like, is Sonic just gonna be, like, a, just a, like a 40-year-old anime fan living in his mother's basement, just making all this happen or something like that? I don't know. Sonic is gonna be, like, Kuze from y Yakuza. Just, like, a gross old man, and then he takes off his shirt, and he's super buff. <laughs> yes! And then he just goes, Oi, gotta go fast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, th I, I, this might go down as the best worst idea I've ever heard. I'm into it. No, I, I, I am it. I am too. I just. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so great. <laughs> Speaking of so great, the Super Mario Brothers movie website. I can't believe they did the old trailer. I mean, like the old commercial thing. That's so good. Uh, that's the intro to the Super Show. Yeah, yeah, the Super Show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that is so so thrilling. The, the fact it's... that they animated it so you can, like, see the green screen effects behind them. Yes! I do feel like it's playing its hand just a little bit early, because it's so clear that this is going from, Now who's gonna stop me? Right into, Get with the Mario Brothers and Plummins a game. Like, that's the most obvious transition in the world. God, I love it so much. And did did you explore the website at all? I have started to avoid just things about the movie, just because I don't want to be spoiled about it so i haven't explored it much but i've heard a lot of awesome things about the website oh yeah you click the uh thing that says call us and it plays the gamecube startup sound yeah 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 i miss sites where it's just click things and things happen it's the putt putt saves the zoo just about of to website say it's the putt putt design. Putt putt of websites ah <sighs> 
Uh, also speaking of movies, Tetris the movie coming March 31st. I saw the movie poster and that was it. Is this more of like a biography about how it came to be or is there some weird the game's alive thing going around? No, no it's a dramatization of bringing it over. Okay. But it's like a hyper-dramatization where it's played completely straight and not for laughs at all. But at the same time, it's like, we gotta show you this. This is top secret tech no one has seen. Only five people in the world know this exists. And they remove a current. It's like, this is the Game Boy. (laughs) Not an ounce of irony to it. And I don't know if it's the joke or not. I feel like it is regardless whether it's intentional or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Strikingly good costuming for the man playing Hiroshi Yamauchi. Like, spot on from every picture I've seen of him. Which is impressive because he's dead. Anyway, that's Tetris. Nice. If if you want to see what's probably better, check out the Gaming Historians video on Tetris. It will probably be better than the movie. (laughs) Probably. I have a note here for J.K. Simmons is in Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, yeah, that was part of the Sony Presents thing. Uh, that was such a weird presentation. Like, it, they had so many good announcements before, and then they just killed it completely with 15 minutes of the boring Suicide Squad game. But they got <sighs> J.K. Simmons as the big bad in Baldur's Gate, and that was awesome. That's, that's good. God, I feel so bad for Kevin Conroy. Right, that's just... Sex have a swan song. I want it to be good for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it it feels better when you're playing it. I hope so. And, and like, either way, it should be a great performance from him. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't heard a bad one from Kevin, so. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, while we're here, I'll just, I'll just throw out that the... Oh, yeah, toss. The, le- the Lemming game that uh, Humanity, uh, I'm surprised that hasn't been released yet. I feel like they've been talking about that for years, but, like, it looks like a fun-ass trip. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, like, Resident Evil 4 is Resident Evil 4. Like, what do you, what, what, what do you want any of us to say? That is is a good game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rovio delists Rovio Classics Angry Birds because it's too popular and they can't sell other Angry Birds games. Yes, because getting rid of the popular thing is going to make people happy. That's going to increase demand, not kill the hype for the series. They have explicitly said it is a bad business decision to keep this game on the market because no one is playing our new games. This is, by the way, the second time the classic Angry Birds has been delisted. They've tried it before? Yes. <laughs> Maybe this time will be different. Maybe you just need to make a more ambitious game. You know, just just a thought. Sorry, you kind of peaked. <laughs> and it was free. Yeah. I'm sorry that the two movies were not enough for you. God, they have more movies than Mario. That'll change. Well, yeah, that I don't know. I think Donkey Kong's after Mario. I think Donkey Kong is before Mario too. Mm, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. I see they it. would not put this much focus on DK otherwise. Like Cranky has more focus than Yoshi. True. I haven't even like Yoshi's not even been in my mind throughout this whole thing. Have we? No, we, we've seen we've seen a we've herd. seen Yoshi's Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, just in the hierarchy of needs, Cranky Kong is not high in the Mario totem pole. Like, I don't think he cracks top 30. Uh, mm, I'm 
might argue just with, like, the whole original DK, like, you respect your elder's origins kind of deal. Not with seven Koopalings to go through. <laughs> Fair. All right, Microsoft signs a 10-year binding agreement to bring Call of Duty and Xbox games to Nintendo platforms on the same day. Really? Can they do that? I... I... I mean, they... I, I can't... Like, having just played Hi-Fi Rush, I don't see that game running well on a Switch at all. <laughs> they're they're going to need, like, a separate team devoted solely to just, like probably multiple, just downgrading their games to a point that they can run on a Switch. I agree, but I'm just thinking legally. Because, like, the FTC is still busting their balls over the Activision acquisition. I've heard that it's moving forward tremendously. Just, like, a lot of people that have been against it have been reversing gears after Microsoft pledged to uh, support all the unions and stuff. Oh, money. I don't know. It's been an exhausting thing to keep up with, so I've kind of just lost track of the story. Yeah, I get you. But, like, this might be part of it, just being like, hey, look how much better we are at Sony. You want you want to listen to Sony as they're complaining? We're trying to be the good guys here. And I'll be, it's kind of working a little bit. Yeah. Like, they're kind of just isolating Sony into their own corner. That's true. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how all these, how awful all these new Xbox games are going to look. Gears of War 6, running at 5 FPS on the Nintendo Switch. Honestly, if they lower the graphical settings of all of their games just so that they can run well on the Switch and they don't crunch people for it, I'm okay with that. I am 100% fine with worse-looking games. I would agree, but they often tend to come with worse (laughs) English optimization. At the same time, there's a lot of... just a lot of moving parts to a lot of these that I don't know... Like, seeing how well the Switch has handled, like, the Warriors series? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true and fine, but that game looks good for a Switch game, until you play it. <laughs> I want, like, a game that looks bad for a Switch game, but it plays really good. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see how that shakes out. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 12 has been leaked by a Warner Brothers earnings meeting. That's so funny. Like, yep. like it, it kind of was already known. I've, I've been keeping up with Ed Boons, just like, oh yeah, it's not Injustice, it's not, it's not something else. Like, there, it was really only the only other thing it could be. Oh, you can't keep up with Ed Boon. Ed Boon I, makes up bullshit I, just so that he stirs the pot. You know, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. You're not going to be the one that breaks the code with him. People I mean, have not- been eating his bullshit for like 25 years. I mean, I'm not the one, I just, I just, list, I just watch the Max dudes. That's videos. true. <laughs> That is fair to just exist in Max's shadow. He should know better. <laughs> I mean, I know it's content for him, but like he shouldn't even pretend. He should just have the thumbnail and go, no, nah, this isn't anything. I mean, obviously it'll be something, but Ed is the least trustworthy person in the world. <laughs> I respect the hell out of Ed Boone. No, yeah, me too, me too, me too. He made some great stuff. I am very curious about 12, because like 11 was the hard reset, right? No, eleven was a continuation. No, but like, nine the, was the hard reset. But it, it reset again. Like it was the whole thing of like Chronica oh, yeah. reset in the sands of time. That's like, right. Everything's yeah, gonna be different. Then, yeah, Fire God Liu Kang is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I guess sure. If it's just like gonna keep going through cycles, see how. Yeah, congratulations. We can, tell these we can only ever have a trilogy. <laughs> what a stacked year for fighting games. 
right? MK11 giving people PTSD working on the game still is just vile to me, though. From what I read about that story, that's awful, but at the same time, what were you expecting going... I, that's... I don't know. I, ca cartoony bullshit. After 9 and 10? Yes. I don't know. I, like, I, I don't think making your game unstreamable is a good call. <laughs> I, I, I've... I've gone into, like, a bit of the, uh, like, 3D animation, like, career side. It was what I was planning to do for most of my life. And just, like, this is, that was a known thing. Like, you're constantly told, like, hey, like, you want to animate this? You're going to see nudity. You want to animate, like, violence? You're going to see some nasty stuff. I, I feel like this is less Mortal Kombat and more of just, like, it entering the public consciousness of, like, oh, yeah, duh. Nah, dude, looking at your dog and only seeing the meat underneath is a special kind of fucked up. Like, even if that's the thing, I don't think we should be going there. Ah, it's, it's, uh, one hand wants to agree, but the other is just like, why are you going, what, what, what are you doing working on Mortal Kombat? Using my animation degree, where else do I go? There's, a... <laughs> that will <laughs> have a stable job for me. Work on Injustice, man. Oh, like they aren't going to be all hands on deck for the actual release of the game. Like, come on. That's like that. This is this isn't new. This has been Dead Space beforehand. Dead Space was like every gory game that has been released would have had similar like issues. I, I hell, I've seen stuff like that. Handmade in something when I was in college. I I I don't want to downplay it because it's awful. At the same time, I feel like the story has wildly ran out of proportion for just what's. It's kind of just an industry norm. No, I, I can't agree with that because Mortal Kombat is there like explicitly for snuff. I'm fine with pushing the envelope. I am not fine with pushing the envelope so hard that it hurts the people helping you push. I, I'm not well enough versed on the story to really comment further. So I, I, All I, right. I, I'll, I'll back off. I'll back off. Okay. All right, last little quick one here. Uh, Yosuke Matsuda, it will likely no longer be the president of Square Enix. If everything goes as planned, the shareholders are pushing him out. All right. So that guy who made Final Fantasy VII into NFTs, he's gone probably soon. Hopefully. That guy who sold IDOS Montreal for pennies? For NFTs? He's gone. Good decision, I think. I just hope they replace him with somebody better. Because they've had, they've, had, they've had a string of just, like, mishaps. Just the gaming sphere in general, for that matter. But, like, maybe turn around? We can hope. Yeah. All right, and there was also a Nintendo Direct this month. Yeah, we did react to that, but, like, we'll just throw out... That's, that's, let's just grab a list real quick. Uh, Pikmin! Pikmin! Pikmin, there's oh, a dog. Good I love dog. the dog. Good boy. Second to Poochie, but still good. I I am I'm optimistic about this. I, there is still a little bit of little bit of a feeling that I hope they're doing just more with this. If Pikmin doesn't like try to branch out their gameplay a little bit more, it's not going to be any more successful because it's such a niche form of gameplay. But yeah, bit, but. I'm hopeful. It seems like you're, like, rescuing people now. There's, like, a bigger ship and, like, castaways and stuff. So, like, maybe that, that might be cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what it does if it changes anything up or if it's just simply, oh, this is a good Pikmin game again. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Swole Rex. That was hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, like, what, a, right. what a glow up. It's just I thought that there was just a wives. game called Swole Rex for a second. I was like, what? Oh, yes. Oh, that's even funnier. Uh, genuinely interested in that. Like, having... I know what the narrative beats they're going for there, having beaten the first game. Yeah, I'm and, like, good. I don't hate Rex's design here. I don't know. I'll, I'll at least, like, look up a summary. Uh, that's a bit much for me. I could be playing theater rhythm. <laughs> Fair. Uh, Samba de Amigo? That was neat. That's really cool. D- did I see that it had, like, a survival mode? I think so. So do you just, like, dance until you die? I hope so. <laughs> good. Uh, there's more more fashion games. Not my cup of tea, but good on them. For good drip. Keeping those people there. Yeah. Uh, Dead Cells Castlevania still looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's a Tron game. Sure. Why? I don't know. Dad loves Tron, though. He was happy to see that. Oh, good. Uh, Ghost Trick. Yes, Great Ghost game. Trick is a good boy. Uh, I know neither of us care about the Splatoon DLC, but like it, it's that was there. Looks that neat. was. I'm glad that they're in the copied city from Automata now. <laughs> it's all just a giant ploy. It was a huge marketing scheme in your Automata for Splatoon, and they're going to show that in the game when it comes out. Perfect. Makes perfect sense for Nier. Uh, Soren, hell yeah. Yes. Good man. Love him. Every interaction that he's had in that game has just made me so happy. Yes. It also made me laugh that Veronica from Heroes was just a gotcha super. <laughs> just that made me so happy. <laughs> just that one line of like, wow, Soren, you're so great. You don't waste your time flattering anybody. You just tell it like this. And he just deadpans as I see no reason to flatter you. <laughs> yep. Oh, best boy. Um, I'm curious which war is going to delay Advanced Wars. <laughs> Why did they not just release it immediately? I feel like that's just... Yeah, I... You're just... It's done, right? Waiting for something else awful to happen. Like, just just get it out of there. Why are you playing with fates? Didn't someone download and play the whole thing? I think so. I don't know. That, that's it's, it's done. The decisions behind that game are so weird. Understandable at first, but like, why not? You can, I guess you're shadow dropping Metroid already, I guess? Yeah, I, I mean, I understand that it would be overshadowed by Metroid Prime, but like, God, you just didn't have space for this game ever, did you? Now, Advanced Wars just cannot catch a break. Uh, Katamari. Yes, please. That's the yes. best one. I love Katamari so much. Oh, we do love Katamari. We love, we love Katamari. Indeed, indeed. Uh, oh, Sea of Stars. I, that, that was not on my radar beforehand, but my god, oh, yes. that game looks amazing. Same, it's the, uh, is it the same composer as Chrono Trigger? I, I think, I think it's Mitsuda, yeah. Just, wow. Okay, yes, please. There was a lot of, like, collections. Yeah. Stuff like Blatant Kaidos, Etrian Odyssey. That's neat. Yeah, I played Persona Q. That was enough. Uh, we mentioned GB and GBA games coming out. That, yes. I, I haven't bought online yet. That's probably what'll get me to cave eventually. There's a lot of GBA games I really want to play. It It's a matter of what good GBA games are you giving me, or do you give me Diddy Kong Racing online? <laughs> Whichever one of those two things happens first. Uh, obviously, Metroid. Just yeah. out now. 
Yeah. I, I, I hate how little fanfare they give Metroid announcements and directs. Like, why, why, why the splash card? Why telling us, like, oh, here's a new Metroid? Just, just cut to black. Come on. People will be hyped. No, that's about what Metroid does in sales. I mean, it's doing better. It's doing way better. Well, yeah, but everything's doing way better. That's true. That's true. That's true. Like, the floor has been raised. If this sold, like, a regular good Metroid game, it would be like, this is disgusting and an abysmal failure. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Layton's not dead. I never they did puppeteer his back. corpse for like 10 seconds. He turned and he did the point at me, who is the WrestleMania sign, and going, I'm coming for you. Uh, there was that sick looking Yoshi's Island stage. Still yes. don't care about Mario Kart, but my god, that's beautiful. And they added a new character, which means that Diddy Kong is coming. That unironically, like, I would not be surprised to see, like, Wave 5, like, maybe, like, one Wario and one Donkey Kong or something. I don't know. Donkey Kong Country, the stage. Well, they have that. That's the DK Jungle stage from Kart 7 that I believe uh, is in 8. All right, Gangplank Galleon. That's fair. I think that a DK Arcade-style uh, stage is more likely. Probably. Yeah, probably. What if they just do both? That'd be amazing. No, what if they do the arcade stage, but they add Cranky? And as he, he appears he, he, in the just, movie. Oh, yo, if it was his movie costume? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Okay, he looks so good in that. He's a fucking Crash Bandicoot character in that outfit. It's great. I, I, I can't wait to I see everything about him. That This is the most I've ever cared about Crink, and he was already a really good character. I have a 16-minute video explaining why. And then uh, Tears of the Kingdom is... Zelda continues its trend of just the vaguest trailers ever ever. Man. But, but, but there is some stuff here. Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was so ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I liked seeing the classic Redeads. Yes. That that made me happy. Yes. Those faces and all. I'm hoping that's a sign of like a little more fan service here. Yep. I said on stream, I'll say it now, I'm so glad that Matthew Mercer was able to promote from There Will Be Brawl into being actual Ganondorf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yes. That, 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 I mean, he's, he's done huge things since then, obviously. Well, yeah, but obvious, but this has been the gambit. This was his 15 year plan of, I'm going to play Ganondorf in a mediocre web series that's shot really well. (laughs) And then it's going to be big. Having listened to all of Critical Role, it's so funny just hearing like his villain voice as just Ganondorf. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still no jack shit about the game, but like, obviously it'll be played. I'm I'm yeah. hoping for to have some mind blowing stuff. Yeah, I, I I want to see the Link's Awakening, not the tech demo too. Yes, we, we just we just layered another tech demo on top of the tech demo. Well, I think this is like a Mario Galaxy Two situation where it was just like a level pack, and now it's a full game. Oh, I hope I hope I I I want to be blown away by it. I I feel like there's a there is a timeline where I am. I just, I just don't know enough to know what my expectations even are anymore. It's been so long. I don't know if I have the energy for it anymore. I might right? just replay Breath of the Wild and just go, I'll play the parts of the game that I do like. Like, I can't think of a more exhausting game than another Breath of the Wild other than, like, another Witcher 3. Oh, yeah, I, I see it. I see it. No Man's Sky 2? I don't know. That's more about the exploration in general, though, so that's not really a good Yeah. Uh, I think that's all. Oh, I'll just throw this out. Uh, Civilization Seven exists. 
they literally just oh, announced yes. it as just an announcement. Like, it was a tweet. Like, hey, guess what we're working on? This. And that's it. But that's okay. Me. Uh, what you working on? Um, same stuff. Released the Mika video. Took longer than expected. For all the people who asked me to do short videos in between videos, that's a bad idea. Uh, I take a long time on them regardless. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, tried that. Did not work. Uh, yeah, we're just focusing Exodia and then, um, actually do have most of the year, at least through September, all scoped out now. So, I have plans for you. They are set. Will I fail to do them if I say them? Yes. So I will not. <laughs> Indeed. So how's Ridley? Um, I had 30 minutes done at the start of the month. I have I have 37 done now. Hey! I, 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 I haven't had a lot of time at home. Life, is, life has happened, but like in a good way. Didn't know that could happen. Nice! Like, it's, it's just, I'm learning how to weld. It's, it's. Like, job stuff is moving forward. Life stuff is moving forward. Good. An uncle to get another kid. Like, it's, it's just life stuff. Yeah, let's go. But I just haven't had much time. I, I did finish five of those minutes yesterday. So I'm confident, like, if I can just knit, hunker down, I can get this thing done this month, no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident you'll see it this month. Nice. I also have just a lot of things ready, but just waiting for art. I get you. It's like, yeah, should I have a few uploads this month that aren't just this podcast and the stream? So th th it, sh it should be a better month. <laughs> Good. All right. Uh, any games coming out in March you're looking forward to? No. Games 2020. Uh, give me just a second. I uh, looked at a list before to see if there was anything interesting, and I looked at it, and I went, wow, there's nothing. Wow, this is... No, it's desolate. Plenty of time for theater rhythm. Go play theater rhythm. Not you, though. You have to finish Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Last of Us is coming out again. That's great. You for real? Well, we are kind of just glossing over Resident Evil 4 remake. Like, I'm sure that'll be great. I, I, just, I have too many games to play already. I am not a Resident Evil baby. That's not for me. Yeah, me neither. Oh, Bayonetta Origins is coming out this month. Woo! Yay. I'm so glad to enjoy the Captain Toad of the Bayonetta universe. Don't disrespect Captain Toad like that. He's going to kick her ass. He's going to take the child and spank her. And he's going to be like, I'm wearing a diaper, but you're a baby. <laughs> All right. Shall we bonus stage? Let's do it. Welcome to Bonus Stage! So I believe we both kind of just forgot about this until shortly before the stream. <laughs> no, I thought of it and I went, I have nothing. Guess what? I watched Toy Story this month and I watched it so many times that I can mouth the next line before it happens and I haven't seen it in 15 years. But it was my birthday and I wanted to watch Toy Story. So I did. And that's about all of the media I consumed other than catching up halfway to One Piece. How are you enjoying Wano so far? It's like Dressrosa, but worse. Yeah, yeah, well, I, that that's pretty accurate. I, admittedly, I love Dressrosa more than most people, but I'm like, well, these are Dressrosa-ass beats. 
And Usopp is in it less. Which is and there's just... a lot of time spent on these side characters. Uh-huh. And there's uh, anyway, a lot of them. Yep. Anyway, I'm going to spend my time here to uh, plug Tarvold's channel and just go oh. that... Yeah, say that uh, he's been doing a really, really great job with all of his stuff at uh, Tarvold's Quest. He's been turning out videos actually pretty quickly. He got a Metroid Prime remake or remaster video out, like, I think within the week of it coming out, and he beat the game twice in that time. Damn! Yeah, no, he did the work, and he did it well. And it's just a real comfortable watch. Uh, for those of you not familiar, he did a full Donkey Kong Country retrospective uh, during Donkey Kong December. Uh, just the first game, but a full breakdown, and I just find him a really, really comfortable and amusing watch, and he's a very, very talented editor. I strongly recommend you try him out. But more pertinent to everyone here is that he has a series called Tarvold's Test, wherein he does video game music trivia with YouTubers. And guess who was on the Champions Round? It's your boy, me, I'd ask if you won, but I don't want the spoilers. You got at least third exactly. place. At least third place. And this was the champions round out of three other rounds, so I am third out of nine at the very least. And it is an exceptionally fun time. Uh, just to hook anyone, he has multiple rounds where it's not just like name the game. Sometimes he'll have like, okay, I have three songs. Name each individual one, and on the last one, name the theme that connects them all together. So good. Which is great. One of the ones was, uh, they were all final boss themes, but they were all final bosses named Chaos in some way. <laughs> so it was games where you kill Chaos. Yes! <laughs> oh. But I do have to hook people with what you did for this last one for one of these rounds. Uh, just go and watch it right now if you want to, and come back and tell me how good of a boy I am at trivia. But for his fourth round, he does something with, like, video game characters. So he did video game quotes, but he did all of them through a text-to-speech prompt. <laughs> so it's famous quotes from video games, but in all different forms of Microsoft Sam. Yes. It was a riot of a round. So please, that is Tarvold's test. He deserves so much more, and I want to use every opportunity to highlight that it's not just because, oh, this is a good friend, and I was on it, and obviously me, though. It's like he does such great work, and I want you guys to see it. So do it for me, and leave a comment explicitly for me on that video, so that he knows <laughs> that I'm the cool guy. Yeah. I do the boost. Compliment my performance. Tell me the funniest thing I said in that video. Do it. You can do it, coward. I believe in you, my friend, coward. All right, that's it. Your turn. Oh, uh, I, again, I, I just haven't consumed much media this month. Uh, I've gone through the first three episodes of The Last of Us show, and I, I just, again, my God, this, that very well produced. It's fascinating seeing how the story beats change from the game to the movie. Mm -hmm. Taking advantage of this being a story that you're experiencing yourself to a story that you were watching and just being able to like spend more time with various areas. Just, just a fascinating approach to Is how the Is the first episode changes. actually 90 minutes? I think so. That's just a movie. It's, it's just, several of them are just movies. Some, several of these would just win awards if they were just movies. 
But yeah, that's been a good. Good. Uh, watched a couple of Star Wars stuff. Tales of the Jedi thing was fine. I liked that they tried to show how Dooku fell to the dark side, and they spent almost no time with the interesting part of it. What the heck? Wow, okay. Damn, I like Dooku, too. Like, it, it was good, but, like, they, <laughs> all the interesting stuff happened off-screen. You, like, skip to be like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to, oh, I've already done all the awful stuff. Like, what? what? <laughs> well, you can't show him killing the younglings. Ah. Uh, That's for the Mortal Kombat devs. You know what? I think I'll, I think I'll talk about this here. It's not a channel that needs a plug, but it's a channel that's been doing a lot of amazing work with animation for... How long has this series been running? I can actually check real quick. Over two years ago. So that there's a there's a Zelda animation channel called Major Link. If, if you've oh, seen yes, you a high this. quality yeah, if you've seen a high quality Zelda animation, probably from them. Uh, but they've recently not not, not recently. It was back in like 2020. But they started doing a uh, series specifically dedicated to the uh, Ocarina of Time version of Link, specifically the story about what happened to him after he was sent back in time after the events of the game and how he eventually became the hero Shade in Twilight Princess. Ooh, that's good. Right? Like, immediately just extremely compelling storytelling thing right there. These animations have done more with just giving the Zelda characters, like, actual, like, just space to, like, just... I, this is mean, but just to be characters. Like, not no disrespect to, like, the personalities of them in the previous games, but at best you'll get, like... You'll get, like, Midna as a really good character, and then everybody else is just kind of there. No, you're entirely right. No, let's be mean to it. Nah, Zelda usually has good thematic characters, and that's it. Yeah, they just they just don't get much room to, like, tell a story with them. Yeah, or, oh no, this character gets betrayed. I have feelings for them because they got betrayed. Yeah, just, like, kind of just taking the idea of what a character would feel, but never giving you enough to work with to actually empathize with the actual character. Like, you're, you're empathizing with the idea of the emotion, not with the character. Yes. But in this one, it is such a, like, it's a downright, like, psychological exploration of what would happen to a kid that was forced to go in forward in time, save the world, sent back, and just what do you do with your life now? Like, Link is kind of broken in this series, and I love it so much. You get, uh, oh, because I also don't want to spoil too much of it, but you, like, get genuine character moments of, like, him trying to, like, confide in Soraya and her trying to comfort him with just looking back on their past. Uh, it, get, it's pronounced Soraya? I have no idea. It, That's it, how it, I've it's, always it's pronounced it. It's not Saria? It, it might be Saria. Like, like the planet from Star Fox Assault? I thought so. It, that makes more sense, actually. I don't know. Find me a pronunciation guide for the Zelda series, and all of a sudden... But they don't I just have never any heard voices. that before. I have no more bit. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll get ha you get like fun interactions with like the Skull Kid from Majora's Mask coming back to Link and just kind of being his little friend that like that's kind of understandable what he's going through, but oh, is also still a Skull Kid. It's post Majora. It is. Oh, cool. He's he is at the age he would have been in the after the time skip. Oh, but cool. having actually lived to that point. I see. Okay. Yeah, which is just really really good. There, there's, like, conflicts of just, like... I'm just going to talk about it because it's the best thing about it by far. Ganondorf in this series is phenomenal. The best Ganondorf has been in the series so far, like the actual game series, is Wind Waker, where, oh, surprise, he has a character motivation. 
But in this series, they run with the idea that Ganondorf is someone who is forced to continuously keep up the struggle because D Demise is cursed and he has to keep up the fight of the Chosen One versus the ultimate evil. And he hates it. He is tired. He wants to do better, but he has a literal demon living inside of him. That if oh, he that's doesn't, nice. He doesn't do what he wants. So his whole character is just like, okay, how can I, like, keep up enough of a conflict while also getting a hold of the Triforce so I can wish for this thing to just be over? And the best thing about it is that Link is kind of going through the same struggle. He has been, like, he has lost his childhood, he's lost his friends, he's been, his life has essentially been kind of ruined by this forced prophecy, forcing him to keep up the act as the ultimate hero, and it's just a wonderful character. Like, you see, like, Ganondorf and Link kind of bond, and oh, it's this is wonderful. the good fan fiction. Yes, it absolutely is. I don't think they could make a Zelda movie better than, it's, it essentially is a movie, like, there's five parts of it so far, mm -hmm. and, uh... Hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, 44 minutes, 30 minutes, 27, 19. Yeah, it, it's, a whole, it's a whole movie at this point. It Wonderfully animated, far better than any of the games have been. It perfectly uh, takes all the sound effects from the various games and me meshes them into far better animations. You see everybody, and they all have like their own like little character arcs trying to help Link with this like psychological trauma that he just can't get over. And it's kind of Ganondorf that he connects the most with, and it's my favorite thing. Oh. Does anyone say 23 is number one? You know, maybe? I, it's been okay. a while since I've watched the first four episodes. They better. But like, Otherwise, the show is redeemed. Chock full okay. of references. Like, this is something made by a ton of people that really love this series and just want to see it explore its potential to its fullest. And I think they've nailed it perfectly. So again, that channel is called Major's Link. It, no, sorry, Major Link. The series is called The Hero's Purpose. There's five episodes currently. I would highly recommend them. It made me very happy. Very nice. All right, that's all I want to say about that. All right, comments. Hilariously, we had so many people just talking about the bet of Meta Ridley that we didn't get many <laughs> yeah. actual questions. That I noticed. <laughs> but if you would like to send your comments, please use the hashtag DDGComment, and we'll see them, and we'll look at them, and we'll confirm them. And I want good comments, okay? I'm tired of this talk about stupid Ridley, all right? I'm done with bad comments. <laughs> bad commenters, you know who you are. I love you. Anyway, I only want good comments. So give me only good comments and questions. Thank you. This has been a PSA. If you have a good comment, it'll sound something like this. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, this is actually a really fun just thing to talk about. From Travis Nakahira, what is your favorite unconventional fighting weapon? That's a good comment! Um, Jackie Chan. <laughs> just, just, as is? Just the idea of the improv foo of just any object around you turns into a weapon is so, so much fun. I know that dances around the actual question, but it's so enjoyable. 
Like those moments in the Yakuza games where you just have a style that picks up whatever is near you and beats someone with it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you're able to do an unconventional heat move, like taking a rice cooker and pouring the boiling water onto their face. And it's like, <laughs> that's so mean, Kiryu, that kills people. And then the story goes, Kiryu has never killed a single person. Sure, I definitely believe that. Um, I think there's also a lot of class and joy to a parasol being used as a weapon. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the, what's the, not recent, the spy movie where the guy's just got an umbrella that can block bullets. Uh, King's, King's something, it's King's something. Yeah, that, that one, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Kingsman. Yeah, exactly. Just, there's something beautiful about doing the stab and then using the parasol so that none of the blood touches you. Yes! Just as an aesthetic, it's so good. And you also do it spinny. So if you have a knife at the end of that shit, like, it's too good of a weapon for the penguin to use. Ha. Huh. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I think on my end, uh, I- I'm a sucker for any kind of musical instrument as a weapon. Like, oh, uh, that's always good. Yeah, like Big Band and Skullgirls, like, my god, that's just a fantastic design. Especially <sighs> if you're playing music while you are fighting. Yes. Any ridiculous joke weapon, like the the foam finger in Dead Space, is one of the best things a designer has ever created. No, you're right on that. <laughs> yeah, just music instruments, probably because I've just been playing so much Hi-Fi Rush, but I'm right, so... Yes. No, it's correct. Um... From Sketchman, you didn't do the hashtag right, but we're Black Nine content, so I'll let you through anyway. Mid. <laughs> Favorite video game OSTs and non-video game music. So kind of a two-parter. Uh, let's see. Favorite game OSTs. Uh, Umineko. Nice. Like, undoubtedly, that soundtrack is incredible. I recommend anyone dig up that one. Uh, cheating to say Smash, but Smash. Is cheating, but agreed. I, I don't care. It's just, it's filled with it. It's super good. Gosh, what else is excellent, like, top to bottom, that I'm just not like, hee-hee, banjo music make my brain super happy. Uh, Star Allies, again, it feels like cheating, but it's chalk to the brim even going on its just original music and remixes, and then you just take into account everything it just ported. Mm Mm-hmm. It's such an incredible celebration of Kirby. For sure, for sure. I feel like I just say most Kirby games, for that matter. Well, yeah, I could. There are very few Kirby songs that won't send dopamine rushing through my brain. But if I had to name one, it would be that one. Nice. I think 64 is too mired in nostalgia for me to, for me to say anything else from that. Like, O2's theme was for just... That will live forever in my brain. That changed well, there's some me. some incredible themes just in Kirby 64 general levels. Like that secondary theme for Rockstar, the one that starts Ooh, with the bells. Yes! Absolutely. Or that freeform jazz from Ripple Star? To say nothing of factory investigation. Yeah, I, that just goes without saying. Yeah. Uh, I have a very soft spot for Ori in the Blind Forest. That one's that got is a good really one. good uh, emotional ties with their music. Uh, again, cheating for Hi-Fi Rush, but like it's a rhythm game where you're hitting things to the rhythm of the music. It's, it's a rhythm game where the music gets better as you're hitting things to it, because it's designed in a way that like your hits are adding to the music. Even just separating it, I am impressed at how good the streamer mode versions of songs are for like the replacement for the Nine Inch Nails song. Too oh, yeah. Big to Fail is so good! Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I don't think they outright well, eclipse them because they are very much trying to be just like, this is the I same think BPM. Some do. I think I prefer Rekka's theme to the song that's oh, being yeah, covered. Oh, yeah, I'll give you Rekka. I'll give you Rekka. Maybe Mimosas, too. But I, I like Nine Inch Nails too much. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mimosas, both of those are really good. I don't uh, like uh, Guilty Gear Strive. Oh, that, that almost feels like cheating, too. But, like, you're absolutely th- right. That's not even cheating. That's just the <laughs> that's soundtrack. Just they made a game to advertise the music. Oh, every single vocal theme in that game. Exert also has a fabulous one. I, I listen to the Guilty Gear Strive soundtrack at work. Like, we just have giant speakers we can just blast things. Mm-hmm. Just hearing society. Just echoes Steelyard. Dragon Ball Z Budokai has an incredible soundtrack because almost all of it was plagiarized from other <laughs> songs. Like, they just steal Guns N' Roses guitar riffs wholesale. But guess what? Those are really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and they mix it in with the Falconeer soundtrack of the original Dragon Ball Z dub. It's an evolution of them that is very clearly ripping them off. But at the same time, it is video gamey goodness versions of those songs. And I like them more because of it. Nice. Also, I don't listen to real music. Like, if if you asked me my favorite band, I'd be like... Like, not from a video game, uh, Queen? That's a good choice. I like Queen. I know, but, like, I will give you the most basic bitch answer, or I will pick a song that I know entirely because of JoJo's. <laughs> uh, I'll throw out a few. Uh, Queen is up there for me as well. Love Queen. <laughs> uh, Killers is huge up there for me. Uh, Spaceman, Mr. Brightside. Great songs. Yeah, that's right. I wish I didn't love Elvis as much as I do. <laughs> because, God, I love Rockabilly. Uh, there's a Mongolian band. Oh, <laughs> no, it's, just, it's at Elvis. the same time, it's Elvis. No, at the same time, it's Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Elvis. <laughs> uh, there's a Mongolian band called The Who. I uh, just like lots of Mongolian like throat metal music. Just, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of, which is just, when you tie that into music, like you feel that in the back of your skull. Yeah. Great stuff to listen to at work. They did, they did a Star Wars thing for the Jedi, Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order game. In like a oh, different cool. language and everything. Got me into awesome. this. I love it when games do that. Uh, big fan of Aurora. Just Alice in Wonderland if she was a singer. Fair. Fair. Ah, uh, gosh. I don't want to go, yeah, Ado, because I really liked One Piece Film Red. But also her original that's music valid. is really good. That's, that's She's entirely really good. valid. Like, I heard some of them before from a friend, and then I was like, oh, wait, oh, it's the same person. Oh, she's so good. Yeah, I'll throw out that my current favorite, like, music song is Ghosts of, Better- Ghosts of Beverly Drive by Death Cab by Cutie. Very good song. Kind of like, mem- like, almost massages your skull from the inside. Don't know how else to describe that. That's a good description. I wish I were feeling it right now. <laughs> Uh, from Not Ferality, what is the weirdest fan comment you've received? I feel like I could have some interesting stories behind it. No, I, I got one. Damn, you should be sponsored by Keeps, but otherwise kind of cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, I, I've had a joke sort of like that in my back pocket for a long time. I've just been waiting for a good moment to say <laughs> No, I get it. I understand. <laughs> However, that's such a backhanded compliment. Obliterated. So Utterly. 
like the things that get to me are that and then the people who call me either Tidus from Final Fantasy X or Escargoon. Well, you don't like the, hey, you sound just like MatPat. That was my yeah. brother that made that comment. <laughs> Listening to him. I know. I'm, uh, you, I'm you vividly really aware. Though. But like, I have that cadence that he has. You do have the cadence. That is true. But his yeah. voice is much. You got, you got a bit more gravel on your voice. Yes. It is very clear that we both came from theater, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I've got I've gotten a few just like I hate your ideas but I love your videos. Just being like I uh, okay. <laughs> it's so well presented. Fuck you. Which hey, you're right. Communication is an important thing. To get one, do you have a sister? After, on one of the ones that I showed my face, just like, mm, nope, nope, you're, you <laughs> are. Uh, I got some of the expected ones were like, damn, I thought I was a big Donkey Kong fan, but the literal Donkey Kong worship took me out. I went, yeah, that's fair. Uh, they're just not strong enough believers. That's okay, their day of reckoning will come. The problem is, I think I've edited out the weirdest ones out of my head, because I don't like remembering them. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, gloss over them. I just remember the ones that I personally think are funny. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, like, you do get a lot of just things that's just like, oh, that that makes me uncomfortable. Oh, like, that 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 genuinely pisses me off. Yes. But you try to, you try to ignore those. Exactly. I've been, I've been told I sound like Fry from Futurama. Which I, I, Dude, I'll trade you Escargoon for Fry. <laughs> I don't get Tidus from Wild Fantasy. I don't get it. I, I don't either. But it's happened more than once. Uh, let's do uh, this one next. Kind of a stupid question, but okay, haha, funny. From Justin. What title of any video game movie? It's like, this is just a Reddit thread, but replace one word with... <sighs> okay. Oh gosh, I'm sure there's one that's really good. Let me let me let me go through my brain. I, I will say that Justin brought Neo the World Box <clears throat> with you. And uh, like that's pretty solid. Yeah, I, let's I see. I don't know if I can talk that. Uh first one that comes to mind is uh Conquer's Bad <clears throat> Day. <laughs> uh <clears throat> can watch Gallery 3. Oh god, I, I don't want to even say it just in case someone clips it out of context, but let's go Pikachu. Ha, yes. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> let's see. What else would be good? This is hard to think of ones that are actually witty. No, right? You almost need like just a list of games. Like go to your top 100 or something and just go down the titles. I don't know, like Fire Emblem 3 <laughs> is fine, but... Or Fire Emblem <coughs> Houses, which just makes me funny, because they're just said <coughs> houses. Uh, elite <coughs> agents. <laughs> I feel like if you replace any versus game, that works pretty well. Yeah. Oh, wow, you're you're doing real melee character select screen bullshit here. I see. <laughs> uh, Captain Toad, treasure. <coughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, zero <laughs> dilemma. Nice, I like it. Uh, Umineko when they. <laughs> uh, Sam and Max. Uh -oh. The world. 
I bet there's a lot of yeah. the worlds out there that it all yeah. worked pretty well. Yeah, but it came. But it makes me happy when Sam and Max do it. <laughs> I'm trying to make it so it's not the last word because the last word is obviously too easy. Like, oh, Ocarina of oh. Majora's. <sighs> like, yeah, I get it. This this video is getting demonetized. <laughs> I mean, it would, I don't run monetization regardless, but. Yeah, I'm done. Next. Mel Gear Solid. I'm not done. Of the Patriots. I was thinking Mel Gear Solid 3. <gasps> Eater, but that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's something you could keep going on forever. Yeah. Laugh track the entire way through. Yeah. I, th- I, think, we'll, I think we'll call it there. We're, we're ending on that? You know it. No, okay. Okay. No. Like, second. if that's the note you want to leave people on. Okay. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I know a couple people, like, end them, leave them at the end. And I always miss them. One second, I bet you there's at least one. Oh, yeah, from Deekso. I, I'm not sure how to answer this, but, uh, what role does Sir Peer play in the dukedom? Is he a knight, a noble, the court jester, or is D4 a foreign nation? He's an ambassador. <laughs> well, what is uh, the world building of the apparent world that my avatar is from? Uh... I think I'm Answer like... Answer carefully, because it might become okay. permanent. I think I'm like the genie from Aladdin. Oh, I like that answer. Yes. I was brought out, and I gave you riches, but also I take up way too much of the movie poster now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going back in the lamp. <laughs> Thank you guys. Good night. That was that was really good. My God. Uh, you have the hairline for it too. Uh, thank you for watching. If y'all want us to talk about something? Just leave the comment. <laughs> Fucking hell. Hashtag DTG comments. No, dude, I did it at the start. You're good. Oh, just, right, right. Yeah, you can die. Yeah, no. We can't I'm just end it here. All right, it's, see it's you done. Later, guys. We did it. Bye. Bye.